From the murky banks of terrestrial radio, a new hope begins to rise. Opie and Anthony are radio shock jocks known for setting up outrageous stunts. People sure are listening. Two Long Island natives who together would one day change the world as broadcasting's greatest duo. After 20 years, these children of the 80s have arrived. Their hugely popular radio show is not just in New York anymore. Opie and Anthony show. The hottest show there is. Through 55-gallon drums and wiffle ball bats. You push it in until you're comfortable. From mayors to mayor. It was April Fool's hoax by two radio disc jockeys. With bottle rockets and bra bombings. And wieners and pigs. Opie and Anthony got their hands on the photo and tweeted it. Two men that have taken a box of cocks further than any. Well, these people will definitely stop. Guaranteed. Oh, Lift okay, up this the <laughs> They've met friends along the way. I have a raging heart on right now. Can I please put my dick in your donuts? <laughs> and through fines, scandals, suspensions, cancellations, and terminations, it's the one show that remains unscathed. Striking fear into the hearts of management everywhere comes a radio show that after 20 years remains above all else real. This is the Opie and Anthony Show. But enough of this palaver. Let's get the show on the road. that the entire <laughs> audience has been waiting for. The most epic of histories for us to ever have uh, bestowed upon the listener base. The part two of the history of the Opie and Anthony radio show. The aftermath. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> uh, and again, joining us, by the way, is uh, is our good friend, Jared. Um, Hello. Who uh, who uh, was there on the front lines? Uh, he was our correspondent, if you will. But um, so yeah, let's. Uh, I guess we can just jump right back in because um, it, it it almost begs the idea that you would listen to this right after the last one. So where we last last left our heroes <laughs> was the, the decline of Opie and Anthony. Right. Uh, uh, some of the the armor starting to break as. Right. On air fights and disagreements. The grape fight. More. I think we touched on it a little bit. I actually haven't listened back, so I don't remember. And it also was I, two I, and a half fucking hours. So, <laughs> well, I, I spent I spent a lot of time in a car, so I re-listened to it yesterday to kind of refresh right. my brain about everything. Uh, so um, we talked about the grape fight, bringing up Opie used to eat yogurt. Uh, the F.H. Riley tweets. Yeah. That, that <laughs> the little cunt won't look at me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of those things. Um, but there, when, again, more stuff comes back to me. Um, Opie had talked about for years the idea of franchising the show. Right. Right. That was like his, his thing. 
and um, so like when guys got made redundant or something they'd get their own little Opie and Anthony show they'd put their redundancy pay into an Opie and Anthony show, show in their own mall something like that yeah. wow <laughs> that's a hell of an idea they he, he had you know that there would be someone eventually that would take up the mantle of Opie and Anthony right and uh, kind of a WWE sort of thing really yeah. and also it, he kind of alluded to this a little bit at in the grape fight now that we're talking about the grape fight he say he he would he was very would very frequently go say I don't know how much longer we're gonna do this brother man uh uh, radio, this radio show is just. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's along the line, stuff like that's a long line of, of, I guess you can call it opiism, yeah. where he says things that we're not 100% sure he means. And, and it was one of the things we had discussed last time, back in 2012. He kept saying uh, during contract negotiations, like, as they were approaching, I'm done. I, yeah. I'm done with Sirius XM. I'm done with this company. I don't want to like right. work with these guys anymore. They treat our show like shit. And you know, I, I think he had a lot more, a lot of the audience believing that. Yeah. Um, but this is something. Then, he's also. This is a page out of Howard Stern's book, by the way. I, I've I've heard that before. You're not the first person to say that. That Stern has done that over and over again. At least at Sirius. Yeah. Um, but as we discussed last time, um, they don't have any other options. Yeah, no. especially not so. ONA. They're kind of at this point, like they have the stink of sex for Sam. They have the stink of, uh, you know, all, all the controversy. And also, by the way, we didn't even talk about this was when they got suspended from XM. Um, yeah, well, because <laughs> that, uh, that was my first day, like homeless. Charlie oh, Jesus. Yeah, like Homeless Charlie happened one day, and then the next day was my first day on the job. So, like, I got there. Well, let's, in let's the not morning. jump over that what happened was um, uh, this was uh, during the what this was during the the Bush years, right? I'm assuming it must have been. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it Condoleezza was Rice was the, uh, yeah. Secretary of State. Secretary of State, yeah. Uh, Mid May 2007. Right. And Homeless Charlie mm. was one of the uh, many colorful homeless characters that the show had at this point kind of amassed. Some of them uh, more <laughs> memorable than others. This one being, for an unfortunate reason, more than a positive one. <laughs> but uh, he went on a yeah. rant, uh, which resulted in him saying that he wanted to rape Condoleezza Rice on the air. <laughs> and they Among were other things. Oh, a, a bunch of other shit. I can't even remember now. Um, but they were suspended from um, suspended from XM for how long? Thirty days. Thirty days, right? But that this was this was was this. So the result of this was the K Rock deal, or was the K Rock deal already happening? They were already simulcasting. Okay, yeah. The walkover at that point. Okay, I thought so. so. I would I would get I, we that was my first day on the job. I had to be there at four thirty in the morning. And then I didn't leave till four thirty in the afternoon. Oh, basically, basically, it was like freeze. And honestly, that was the longest time I had seen Opie and Anthony, like post show type of thing. Yeah, right. Unless they had a post show meeting, Anthony was out the door at whatever it was ten fifty nine or eleven fifty nine. As Ron's walking in, Anthony's walking out. Yeah, um, and that was typically always the case, at least when I was there. Um, Opie would sometimes hang out 
but usually they would leave. Right. Uh, they, they stayed there. They were on the phone. Uh, it was kind of very somber. And then Ron and Ron made the announcement that Opie and Anthony had been suspended uh, for 30 days on XM because it had happened on the XM side. Right. So, uh, so much for fucking free speech, by the way. Well, I, this, that was a seven. So, okay. So it was before the, before the takeover. Um, I guess they were just trying to do any kind of damage control. Mm. I mean, they didn't cancel the show. They didn't fire Opie and Anthony. They suspended them for 30 days. Uh, I still, we still had to stay until two, three o'clock in the right. afternoon. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't like once K rock was over, we all could go home. Um, so like we would just hang out and do stuff. It was only 30 days and then they were back on XM. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, but, but as you were saying though, the opiism. So at this point in the show, this is where the show, and this is also, by the way, this is where the show kind of got a, uh, a, a pretty, a pretty well-deserved reputation as being kind of a right wing show in that a lot of the airtime was sucked up by Kumia fucking ranting about black crime statistics. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, 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 and a lot of people sp- speculate that this was kind of all spurred on by the Obama election. I remember listening the next morning, uh, after the election, because I wanted to hear what Anthony had to say. <laughs> and he basically was like, R.I.P. USA. He said that, and also he made he told the story that was clearly fake <laughs> about how, uh, well, no, okay, 50% fake. Because I believe the story went that um, that black people were walking across the street slowly, which is clearly true. Because <laughs> um, they do that, but uh, and then uh, he he reported that they uh, were yelling towards the cars. Obama president, nah. Uh, <laughs> hey, remember, that's all you can say, isn't it? <laughs> I remember election night. The, you know, um, I went to a very left, fairly left of center college. Yeah. Syracuse University. So when Obama won, uh, people ran out in the streets and like screamed and yelled. Like we could hear it from our my apartment with my roommates, um, and it was a big deal. I'm ashamed you know? to say I voted for Obama. <laughs> I didn't vote. I didn't like either candidate. So uh, he he lied vote. to us and told us he would close Guantanamo Bay and end the wars. So I was like, hell yeah, dude! I'm se- I'm just 18 by a month. <laughs> yeah. I think I was a little more cynical at that point. Yeah, I'm sure you were. Yeah. I, I did not vote. I didn't feel like anyone actually represented what I believed in at the time. Um, but, uh, I, I think that had something to do with it. Maybe also, um, he, at that point he was also appearing a lot more often on Fox news. Right. Right. Um, because you know, there seems to be a certain shift at certain point because, Opie and Anthony always made fun of everybody. Yeah. Uh, there was racial humor, but it was always done with like a wink. That's why they had the inappropriate bell. Yes. Um, and we didn't even talk about that last time. Mm-hmm. Was not a big part of it. it. was like, you know, every time they hit the inappropriate bell. Yeah. It was, it was, it was a black joke. Yeah. 
and, and they were recognizing what they were saying was not okay. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I just not sorry to interrupt you, but uh, I know we're going to spend a little bit time on the aftermath of the show uh, and 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 the and the the festering asshole of the internet, the Opie and Anthony subreddit. But at some point during that, there was a brave soul who went through the entire. Uh, archives of all of Opie and Anthony and wrote a summary of what was on every day. If you wow. do you recall this, Jared, well, they, used to, they used to do sh- show rundown. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, this so, guy went back in, in, in 20 in 2015 or whatever, listened through the whole era of the, all this time and then gave uh, a post hoc analysis kind of, of all. Well, I, I honestly, I don't know about this. This so. is absolutely Ooh. true. And he pointed out, he took special note of um, in the few months after nine 11 um, that he felt that uh, Anthony, I'm speaking of uh, right now that he felt that, um, that this would be used as justification to go to war. And he was kind of shitting on the Republicans and stuff like, and, and it's yeah. just it, not what you'd expect from, fucking Fox News Kumia, you know? (laughs) I mean, back then, Anthony was fairly libertarian. I mean, he's remotely libertarian consistently. Like, you know, he doesn't care what people do in the bedroom. Yeah, he's always been very pro uh, uh, very vocally pro-choice. More abortions, please. (laughs) Um... He's been, you know, low taxes, mm. uh, but there were there were points where Opie and Anthony were like, especially the days following nine eleven. Like I remember, they played "Don't Tread on Me." Yeah, like two weeks after nine eleven, they were like, it's "Time to fucking kick ass and get back at these guys for sure." Yeah, what they did. I mean, there's a huge difference between going after the terrorists and launching a twenty oh, year. Yeah. Uh, endless war yeah and yeah. norton norton was very pro i don't know if I want to say pro bush but he was definitely pro uh, during this time specifically during the bush administration he was really big into doing those uso tours and as a oh, as yeah, a result of that yeah he was really really pro military pro you know intervention and that kind of stuff so yeah that, that's that must bear repeating obviously it's this you know obviously anthony becoming republican or more fox newsy is not exactly out of complete left field um, but, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, you say I wonder one? what goes on in mil- I wonder what goes on in military bases overseas that could possibly appeal to Jim Norton. <laughs> I, I have no idea. <laughs> it's, it's open to speculation. <laughs> uh, fuck. But uh, yeah. So anyway, at, at, in the waning years of the actual show, though, this this became like I remember his coverage of the Trayvon Martin thing, um, and in and I, I and not for nothing, like I, full disclosure, I'm pretty similarly in the same camp as Anthony in terms of what his take on it was. It it kind of, I don't want to go so far as the way he goes, but even I listening to the show during the time period was like, all right, dude, give it a fucking rest. I I think that, you know, when when people are expecting to tune into a comedy show, you know, getting serious every so often, you know, you can expect it. It's like any kind of sitcom that always has that very special episode. It adds to the it adds to the humor almost if you have a moment of seriousness and then you go get back to the jokes, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So but from what I from what I, I've been able to gather, because again, I, I canceled my subscription. Yeah. Uh 2012. So, you know, a lot of it's from people talking to me. It's from myself listening to clips on YouTube. Uh it just seemed that basically Opie checked out. Candy um, Crush. Candy Crush. 
Anthony was doing his racial tirades. And, you know, Jim had stuff going on. I mean, he was... He was busy he doing Lucky Louie. I guess that's a little later, but he had a. This was his time oh, period where he yeah. was going to be. Yeah, I was going to say. Um, but he, this was his time period where he was doing like f- furry vengeance, and he was trying to make a stab at being like a, a serious, not serious actor, but you know, comedic actor. Yeah. And uh, you know, good for him. That's what he was trying to do. And too bad he has no acting skills. Sorry, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, yeah, he wasn't around, and that's a lot of... By the way, this is worth mentioning that this is a lot of the times where uh, Bill Burr sat in a lot during this time period. Um, and, and and actually, by the way, that made for a kind of fun tension on the show when he would go to argue, argue with Anthony, because we all know Bill's a fairly liberal guy. Actually, no, fun fact, uh, Bill Burr uh, grew up less than two miles from where I'm sitting right now, and is also my wow. childhood. This is my the building my childhood home was. Wow. But uh, yeah, and also by the way, though, um, I, I it's so funny. I, this is a complete aside, and I'm I'm sorry for derailing the conversation, but I keep hearing people uh, like you know comedians will often bring up Bill Burr in conversation on a podcast, and they all talk about how he's like a you know he's a Boston guy, um, uh, and you know he's he's like a real tortured you know you know. Ru- rough upbringing kind of and i just want to dispel that rumor because i know exactly where the guy fucking grew up and it's the nicer town next to my town (laughs) Uh, and also his dad's a dentist (laughs) so he did well yeah he did well i don't i just don't know where that perception came from that he's like you know fucking boston guy you know rough and tumble upbringing not at all <laughs> it's something to do with the way he speaks oh yeah 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 my mom talks like that too but she's fucking not too too well not too uh, tough upbringing just saying right but um yeah uh, regardless sorry for that little sidetrack it, it's it's funny you bring that up because you know there's always been this narrative that opie was the ship's here yeah uh and i, I thought Ship about this well, yeah, it, it, it seems like there's this, you know, two two thoughts occupying the same thing, and they're the complete opposite. Whereas a, Hege- uh, a Hegelian dialectic, if you will. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the young Hegelians, right? Yes. The, yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah. The, uh, but yeah, he was the yeah, he was the guy who uh, basically said that any concept can basically be broken down into two opposites that are exact mirror images of each other. So Opie would steer the ship, but then he would just allow Anthony to go on hour and a half long rants about race. Or the, uh, one of my favorite examples is uh, one day, uh, Danny and Ron and Fez intern Lily got into an argument on air and Opie tried to push this narrative of there being some kind of sexual tension. Right. Ooh. And it was just like, Hot talk. Yeah, he's like, I feel like there's some sexual tension going on here, and there was clearly no sexual tension. Right. And he knew the characters that were involved, and he should have just let the drama play out as it was, because uh, Danny, you know, knows how to play it up and, yeah. and go on the on-air arguments, and Lily's a fucking cunt. So, um, is this the Asian chick? No, this is the other Lily. Oh, the other. Li- okay, I know. All right, yeah, I got you. So, who mysteriously uh, was represented by Bob Eatonman, if I'm mis- if I'm not mistaken? Well, you, you see, uh, she ended up becoming Brother Weeze's sidekick for a while. Okay, um, which 
I don't really fucking understand. She was a mother hucking good broadcaster, evidently. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, in my experience, I found that ladies called Lily are always really down to earth. <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe it's an English thing. <laughs> no, no, it's always been that. I mean, like, you have to be such a pretentious douchebag to name your daughter Lily that, you know, they're, they're upbringing... almost always cons. Yeah, kids called Lily are going to be brought up that way, aren't they? True. I, it, I as a counterpoint, um, my uh, my father in law has a cat named Lily, and she is an exquisite feline. My yeah. nana was a Lily. Man. Did she you go know, by that or Lily? No, she, I, no one ever called her Lily. She always went by Lillian. Yeah, I don't even so because I, I assume the girl's name Lily is like Daisy, you know, like being named after the flower. Right. Anyway, well, I think people could be named either or. Yeah, and I guess Lily. Lillian can be Lily can be short for Lillian. But, yeah, uh, I guess I mean uh, if I think of a Lillian, I think of like uh, older version of Stacy Prussman. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> intern, uh, so so Danny Ross and intern Lily. Where where were we? And and, and Opie's pushing an, I- in, a, a fake a fake bit that everyone's uncomfortable with. Yeah, and it's like it doesn't add anything to the existing drama that's going on, and you should have just let the two of it, like as a ship steer and someone who's been doing radio since they're eighteen, should have just let the drama play out. Um, and you know, it, it's stuff like this that you know, Opie just—I think he understood radio. He understood talent, and I think a lot of people, like Anthony, would always describe him as like a, a PD. Like right. he had the, the ability to see potential in people. Um, but at the same time, I think that there was, it might've been right around the time with the whole Obama election thing where Opie gets incredibly insecure yeah. uh, about his place on the show. Um, and this was following- Anthony was going to bring in a, a black co-host. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this, I mean, this was but, the, but they relied on, they relied on Patrice a lot. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah. Uh, th- this was during the time period in which the whole show was basically comics hang. And I've heard, a, and I agree with this assessment, but a, a lot of people say that this is the birth of East coast podcasting. Um, the, the, the kind of uh, comedians talking shit, making fun of lighthearted uh, uh, ribbing, good natured, good, ribbing. Na- good natured ribbing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, uh, and again, I op- can totally do that. Yeah, he he's not capable of 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 dishing it. Uh, uh, yeah. Which is, by the way, um, w- you were talking about opiisms earlier, and this is a perfect example one of like, you really want to do this, Rich? You really want to do this? Well, I mean, we 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 lightly touched on it last time. Was Opie's passive aggressive? I'm gonna let the comedian wait an hour and a half, right, uh, to come in, and you you would hear Boss or Bobby talk about this later on Anthony's show um, about that animosity because it's like these guys weren't getting paid. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, they are the kindness paid, of their hearts. Well, they got paid in plugs. Yeah, that's because true. Because the fan base was very loyal to these comics. Uh, you know, everyone knows the whole list of boss mispronounced words. Yeah. I mean, that, that goes back to NEW. Yeah. And even at Sirius, they had a whole list. Great minds think a lot. Words, yeah. Uh, <laughs> of, 
uh, Pafo or whatever he said. Pofa. Pofa, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I'm actually on the OAPedia right now. I could pull up a full list if we really wanted I'm sure, it. I'm sure. I'm sure it's probably the same exact list that they yeah, had. In it the is, season. yeah. And it literally went from the top all the way to the bottom of the door. The <laughs> it, was, the, it was one of the funnier going, things. Going back to the Patrice thing, though, it's like I think I mean it's it's nothing like it was, no doubt. But I I'm a part of it. There is like a a new global audience uh, for the O&A show and everything that's come from it, which has come from people finding Patrice clips on YouTube. And so in that sense, I think, you know, Patrice really did give the show a new set, a new lease of afterlife, if not a new lease of life. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people from your era of discovering yeah. it after the fact, yeah, um, and listening to and like through clips of Louis or or through Bill or through Patrice, uh, finding out Opie and Anthony, um, because you get a lot of people from the subreddit, uh, which you know is basically the living embodiment of all the message boards. Yeah, that have died out. Uh, they all say that like once Patrice died, that was the end of the show. Yeah, um, I, I honestly think that you know as we discussed last time, it was a, a slow death and it started after the takeover when, you know, they went from this really nice, their own studio with their own offices, like a big, huge office, big, huge studio audiences could come in like XM treated them really well yeah. to being relegated to this little corner studio where they couldn't do anything. They had to rely on their, they, they couldn't literally couldn't do anything. They had to rely on their friends. So, I can understand from their perspective, you know, Patrice, like Patrice dying would, would be like, not, I don't think it's the final death now. Yeah. I just, I, I think that they died by a, a million different cuts. Right. Um, and Patrice was just a huge blow. That was like a more like getting stabbed in the spleen. <laughs> uh, or the, yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, the, vital Patrice, organ. Patrice's death was like a, Similar to that, if for a lot of things, really, wasn't it? You know, like the world would be a better place if we were still alive. Oh, sure. absolutely. Yeah. And you know, everyone's always asking what was what would be Patrice's take on X, Y, and Z. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know that that means a lot because you know people always ask the same thing about George Carlin or Richard Pryor. Um, and, and I think it, it, it's a testament to Patrice's being absolutely hilarious. Yeah. But to say that Patrice, after he died, the sh the show like was dead, it, it had been bleeding out for yeah, a, for yeah, yeah, four years before Patrice's death. Right. So, um, to go back on, like, and, and we can fast forward to Anthony. Yeah, I was just about to one. I was about to, but also I was just going to say, basically, the only consistent bit that I recall from this era, this last few, this last years after, you know, Trayvon, all that stuff was the apology clock bit, which was universally regarded by, at least from what I remember from online activity as a fucking stupid, annoying, uh, um, what, what, what was this? They also oh, basically, uh, 
every time that someone had to pub, uh, had to um, uh, publicly apologize for something for some PC offense, basically they they were they at the time at the end of the Opie and Anthony show they were what uh, stand up East Coast podcasts were for the next few years where they're like fucking PC man, it fucking sucks man, you gotta have freedom of speech man. So every time someone had to give a, a public apology, they would set the apology clock back to zero. It's not like one, like an OSHA calendar. Exactly. Like, like, like this many days since, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Since an accident. Yeah. And it was, um, very predictable. Uh, and it was always the same. It's like, like literally we could every single episode of the, of our show, if we wanted to come up with three or four apologies that have been issued since the last time we had a show, it became exactly what it is now is fucking boring and, and redundant. And then July happened. Yeah, then July fourteenth, uh, July twenty fourteen was it the third? Yeah, it was. It was, I, I, it was because I remember he had the barbecue on the third, so I think it must have been like the second or something. They were on vacation. Yeah, of the holiday. Oh, this is also um, after the the Opie and Anthony unmasked. By the way, we should mention. Well, because they were they were celebrating their twenty life, years, twenty years together, so it was a it was a big deal, and and I'm it was all to, lies. I mean, honestly, I've never, I didn't hear it. I did, yeah. I mean, it, it, it just, you know, when, and I thought about this over the last couple of weeks. I, I always thought it was strange when I interned there. They never talked to each other, like, off air. <laughs> yeah. And I just, you know, like, you think, okay, they've been doing this for a really long time. But, like, once the show ended, they just did not talk to each other. And I, I always thought that was a weird thing. I never brought it up to anybody. Um well, it's like a marriage, isn't it? Where you 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 don't go to that stage. No, I mean, I think the difference is when you've been married that long, you basically know what the other person's thinking. They just yeah. didn't want to talk to each other. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, we 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 briefly brushed on this whole fact that Opie was supposed to be the boss, but didn't want to be the boss, right? Um, or so he says. Or so. Well, I I again, another Opieism. Yeah. Uh, I never wanted to be the boss. But it just fell on me. Yeah. So, I, I mean, you could have just hired someone to run the company then. Right. Or, or and they like had Tim Sabian in there for a while. Why not just have him be the fucking boss? Well, because, so here's here's the thing. And I got, I, I you know, I got into a discussion on the subreddit uh, a while ago when there was the actual Opie and Anthony subreddit. Right. So this is uh, years ago at this point. Some guy made a really valid point uh, that Opie needs to have a boss. Right. Like, without a boss, Opie has nothing to be the rebel without a cause. Right. Like he needs to be able to rage against, literally rage against the machine. <laughs> Pun <Yeah>. intended. Yes. <laughs> he needs to be like, I'm going after the man. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and you could like from from everything that I've read and the research I've done and the things I've listened to, you know, there used to be a bit called angry typing guy. An angry typing guy used to be very critical of Opie. You're just the button pusher. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it became Harry the hater. Oh yeah, Harry hater. Oh my fucking god. That was Opie's very very poor attempt at having a character. Well, Harry, like I said, Harry the Hater used to be angry typing guy. Yeah. That was character at NEW. 
because they used to call Anthony the talent and Opie the board op. Right. right. Which, well, <laughs> that was just, <laughs> I, guess, I guess it was true. And then at one point, I remember on NEW, they discussed the fact that one, they were both worth $100 million, but Opie was worth $150 million because Opie was a part of the broadcasters union or something like that because he was the board off. Uh, that was like a joke and they kind of like, you know, gave each other a wink and a nod type of thing. Um, yeah. But I think that it goes to the testament that, you know, all this time they hated each other. Yeah. Um, and you wouldn't know. Right. Uh, but anyways, so... so but uh, going, back, going back to Harry Hater. Oh, yeah. Uh, Opie was always the one that couldn't take criticism. Right, right, right. I think that there there is a, a firm dif- di- difference between someone who's trying to be like, hey, dude, like, I listen to the show regularly. Uh, here's X, Y, and Z. And then there's the angry typing guy. You, hey, you suck. You, you fucking. Oh, yeah, shit. yeah. Like, there's a huge difference between giving legit criticism. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of these guys, um, they chalk everything up to Harry Hater. Right. It's know. also kind of a... I, I, I hate to invoke this because they are, in fact, boomers, but um, it kind of is like a boomer mentality, the idea that that any sort of little people must be full... Of, they must... It must be... It must be a guy who lives in his mom's basement. Yeah. You know? I remember, and, like... Oh, you're, you're anonymous, so you don't count. But, like... the. I don't know. I might have even said this on the on the last episode, but like the the whole point, the reason the listeners are anonymous is because they can get fired from the job for being associated with your fucking show. Yeah, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> well, I I mean the whole point of like coming up with names, like you know, you would have uh, Redding from Whackbag or uh, or Dugout Doug. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it the Ronin Twenty Three. Yes. The, uh, uh, no, he originally before he was the Ronin twenty three. He was uh, oh, Tussle 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 sixty nine. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but the only reason I remember that because that kid was a fucking meme, like a legit four chan meme. Yeah. That guy. I, I I think I've seen Josh's uh, picture yeah. something on the internet um, besides the Opie Anthony subreddit. It was, um, yeah, he was a 4chan encyclopedia dramatic a tier kind of uh, meme, uh, and then he would often be used in those demotivational posters. And, and it's funny because this is just the testament of and the reach of the show. Yeah, yeah. Like someone like him who was a guy like us who grew up listening yeah. to the show as a huge diehard active fan. Uh, he sure, certainly was a huge fan. <laughs> So, R.I.P. Like, F. <laughs> F. F. <laughs> so, so getting back to the day, I mean, we see now social media, it, everything coming full circle. Because I remember when interning there, Opie talking about Twitter for the first time. Right. And like, this is going to be the next big thing. Yeah. Little did he and know. Then, little did he know that Twitter would be... The end like, of the show. Literally the end of the show. <laughs> because, you know... It's early morning hours in Times Square. Yeah. Uh, and and Anthony- I, actually, if I'm not mistaken, the, the, the photography thing had been a semi-recent, um, a recent hobby of Anthony's. Um, and he had recently just spent a shitload of money at that um, Hasidic um, uh, camera B&H. store. B&H, yeah. B&H. 
Yeah. Yes. My mom used to teach photography, junior high school photography. Uh, so whenever she needed to buy equipment, we'd go down there on like Sunday. I'll get you a good deal. Yes. <laughs> Maybe we can get a deal. Um, and actually, when I once when I was a kid, I, I was a little fat, chubby kid. And this Asian guy came up to me and rubbed my belly in the, <laughs> for, for good luck. Awesome. So it hit all the stereotypes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Asian photography guy, fat mm-hmm. kid, brings Buddha. Um, so, yeah. So B&H is like in New York City, like the place if you need yeah. any kind of photography or videography equipment. But they're closed on Saturday because of the oh, shop. Because, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so yeah, Anthony had recently gotten into photography, and um, on one of his late night drink, he had to have been shit faced. I'm assuming. Um, uh, and yeah, he'd and been I- staying at his uh, apartment in the city, which is, uh, I think he got rid of it now, actually. But uh, it was um, just um, outside of Times Square, if I'm not mistaken. A um, crash pad. Yeah, which is smart if you're rich. Um, yeah, but. Uh, and then, you know, if you, if you don't want to live there, you can always rent it out and charge yeah. top dollar because that's prime real estate. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so he went out, um, again, assuming shit-faced and was taking pictures of Times Square. As he correctly in his later defenses stated, it is literally the most photographed place on the planet. It is. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, he decided that he thought it would be a cool artsy photo to take pictures of hookers in Times Square. He took a picture of the wrong hooker. <laughs> she might have had a rough night, and I guess she didn't want to be photographed, so uh, she got defensive. Yeah. And it apparently, according to Anthony, got physical. I believe, um, which I believe, by the way. Anthony, as everyone knows, is a uh, avid. Uh, 2A advocate. Right. Um, yeah. But despite the he, fact that if he discharged his weapon while he was drunk, he would lose his license. Just saying, I know these things because I'm a gun guy too. <laughs> I think that's why he didn't pull it out. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, instead of calling the police, uh, I think he did call for a cop. I think he uh, he he yelled for a cop, but there were none around, which is odd. But uh, there was also a group of um, young scholars nearby, and um, they were laughing at him because he was getting hit by a black woman. <laughs> which, I, if I was there, not gonna lie, whether I knew it was him or not, would be fucking laughing. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, and he said, "Hey, this is not your show." <laughs> yeah, he quoted, he quoted Platoon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, man. And, uh, and proceeded to send out a barrage of tweets. Oh, oh, I should have pulled this up ahead of time. Do you want me to pull up the full list? Uh, if you want to. Um, well, for sake of uh, the history aspect. It's your show, so um, I guess it's your guy's call. But um, um, hang on. Let's Here we go. BuzzFeed News. Here we go. Or Rolling Stone. Here we go. This is good. I'm just curious. William, in Great Britain, has this ever happened? Like something similar where like someone sent out tweets and they got fired for it? Uh, it well, people have been arrested for sending a tweet. Yeah. Like, like, a, like a, a pretty, threatening pretty jail. tweet? Or like what Anthony put out where he just basically put... A guy, a guy got put in jail for wishing ISIS well in guarded terms. He literally said, I wish the caliphate well. 
and he got sent to prison for it. So this it's way beyond fucked here. Okay. I because mean, I'm not pro ISIS or nothing, but you know, like I, I believe people are entitled to think it's all right if they want to and say so. So I I would preface by saying that um, if I'm correct, Scott, I know you're looking it up. Yep. He doesn't actually actually use the N word, right? He pretty much did. Um, here we go. He uh, <laughs> well, he it's, said it's, it's uh, he said. Animals. Okay, so I'm taking pics in NYC and a black girl who was in frame punched me in the face. I called her a fucking ampersand dollar sign semicolon semicolon dash colon. So because that's what her, she was. So he called her. He he in this situation he, he called said, her that. But he also but in the, it, in the tweet he did the not tweet, use the word. He did not drop he did the hard not use R. The word. But everybody so, knows what the fuck he was trying to say. There's two semicolons as the G's. <laughs> <laughs> so here's at least my take. Should he have done it? Probably not. Oh, definitely not. A bad, a bad idea. Is it a fireable offense? Arguably not. I would I say definitely I, not. I, I, I think Sirius saw this as an opportunity to just finally destroy the show. Right. Yeah. He also said, then she punched me five more times. She's lucky I was a light white legal gun owner or she'd be dead. Then five blacks started giving me shit. Next tweet. I told them to back the fuck off. This wasn't their show. (laughs) (laughs) The cunt then punched me again. Seems white boys don't hit back. Lucky savage. Next tweet. Wish a cop was around, although she said she'd tell them I sexually harassed her. Lying cunt. I hope she gets shot in her ass fuck face. Ugh. (laughs) Next tweet, and this is one that I've said on many occasions to describe many different groups of people. They aren't people. (laughs) (laughs) Next tweet. I'm fucking livid. If I was an illegal savage, I'd have shot her. The IR violence in her was so predictable. I hope she gets killed. Next tweet. Uh. It, I'm not making a great case for him here. <laughs> Next tweet. It's a jungle out in our cities after midnight. Violent savages own the streets. They all came to defend this pig. I had to yell like at dogs. Um, next tweet. He retweeted uh, at just a C word. And he was asking, did you get any photos of her? Yup. Animal pig fuck cunt bitch. (laughs) He retweeted Tiki Russ uh, and said, who said WTF for no reason. He responded, reason? I was white. (laughs) (laughs) Next tweet here. Oh, it gets pretty good here. Savage, violent animal fucks prey on white people. Easy targets. This cunt has no clue how lucky she was. She belted me ten times. I had a gun. He retweets Ron LR2, who asks, So what started all this? He responds, I was taking pics in Times Square. She was in a pic. Violence was her answer. Animal, all caps. The cunt animal kept walking into my arm. I had a this keep, this keep going. This keep going. This this is ongoing. This is all, these are minutes I, apart. I honestly didn't realize it was this many tweets. It's this many tweets. The cunt oh, animal God. kept walking into the arm I had up as a block, saying, "Don't touch me." 
then would hit me. I hope a homeboy beats her to death. <laughs> All right, that was kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, okay. <laughs> the automatic jump to violence in that community is astounding. No discussion. It's start punching at the least little thing. Uncivilized. This is like a Trump tweet. He has a <laughs> he has a nice adjective at the end with an exclamation point. Sad. <laughs> uh, he retweets Huntsville door. A female beat you? He responds. No, an animal bitch used its instinctual violence—it's instinctual violence on me. I restrained myself from putting it to sleep. Uh, well, there's there's two more, or a few more. This, 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 okay. Come on, we're trying to give the history here. We're trying to give the brass okay, stacks yeah, and what yeah. happens. Well, people do gloss over this, don't they? They do, and I do think that he kind of has whitewashed these tweets in his own, at least in his own mind. Yeah, because uh, reading them back, I'm like, because I remember well, this. I'll night. let you finish, and I'll give you my take. Okay, on it. he retweets right. Kyle Scutch. Did you hit her back? He responds, "I was fooled by my upbringing. Don't hit a woman, but <laughs> this was an animal. One. I should have smashed <laughs> its face." Um, he he tweets, "The switch to violence is immediate. No discussion, just violence. When will that be addressed?" Oh, right. Never. Slavery did it? Oh, okay. Oh. He responds, he, he tweets, there's a deep-seated problem with violence in the black community. Try to address it and you'll be exiled to racistville, but it's real. And then the last thing he posts was, um, was an actual close-up photo he snapped just as she was about to strike him the first time. And he, with the caption, great pig... Great pick of the cunt rag, bitch fuck, animal, pig face, worthless, meat sack, shit pile, stink crotch, ass stain, rot bung. I almost ran out of breath saying all that. Yeah. Anyway, well, William. That was, what? Most, that was the most expensive picture Anthony's ever taken. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> William, you had a take you wanted to give? Well, my take on it is this. My, my much older brother taught me when I was very young. Never write anything down when you're angry. I agree. And, uh, like, let alone put it in front of anybody else. So, like, I, I don't think he did it. He did anything wrong. But for somebody in a public position to tweet about it at all is really silly. I agree. And it seems like this is a theme across the whole. Uh, not just uh, not just Anthony, but sort of a lot of people in that whole. A lot of people end up being harassed by various subreddits and people who, like, generally... A lot of people in the public eye just can't not do it. They can't restrain them. They, you know, the amount of... You and I in our everyday lives have to keep our fucking mouth shut about so much. True. And, well, like... You know, we have impulse control. Yeah. Yeah, I think that you know a lot of people that are in the public eye. Um, sometimes they might not have uh, as much impulse control. Uh, what you're saying is these people. Yeah, <laughs> famous people. But you could, yeah, yeah, you could, you could say famous people, or if you wanted to be, to sort of uh, boot it around in similar sort of terms, you could say uh, Italians. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I wouldn't, but, you know, it's kind of, you know, you could see a white girl doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. 
I, I oh, do like, want to play yeah, devil's we'll advocate <laughs> here and say that there there may be some aspect of the of the um, poor impulse control being correlated perhaps with success. Oh no, I, I think absolutely that there's maybe a correlation, not not so much causation, right? Uh, with that, uh, just because um, I've had I, I I think about this shit all the fucking time, mm. and you know. You know, the way you see certain people behave online, uh, it seems like less and less people have impulse control. Yes. Uh, yeah. Part of part of me has actually thought it's a generational thing uh, that the boomers general, their general like. They don't handle whole, online well. Well, they don't online well. They don't technology well on the whole, um, yeah. unless Anthony or Rush Limbaugh, usually those guys have been on and off with the t- technology. Right. Uh, but most boomers like my parents don't really technology that well um but they have the general if it feels good do it yeah uh, thing which has led us exactly where we are where we're in the pandemic um but and, and the wars the national and dead all, and yeah and, and everything else that unfortunately uh is going on in our world william is because of your generation he's not I'm a not boomer he's a gen xer oh, oh okay well is that like a boomer i'm 50 okay well then even you see, I, 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 I uh, you guys are familiar with Eric Weinstein? Yeah. Or Weinstein? Familiar with him. I, I think he's absolutely right. And if you guys have ever listened to his episode with Breath, Easton Ellis, he basically, they basically talk about the fact that Gen X never took the power that they should have taken because right now we should have a Gen X president. And we don't. We True. have a borderline boomer silent generation president uh, today. Yeah. So, um, the, the, the Gen Xers kind of have remained c- quiet as us millennials. Yeah, because you're cucks. <laughs> William, looking at you, pal. <laughs> anyway, well, but we digress. Let's, we can I, talk I, about I this another time, I, obviously. But That's fine. On, on the, on the, on the sort of, uh, these sort of Twitter tirade things, I think there is there is an element of it, like as 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 you said, Jared. Like some boomers are good at uh, do get good at technology, as in competent technically with it. But and and I think uh, I, I mean I take your point because uh, like even if you get proficient at it, and I'm probably one of the oldest people on Twitter, or I was when I was on Twitter. Uh, Oh, I'm in the in a pretty high percentile of old people on Twitter. And uh, uh, Anthony's a good twelve or thirteen years older than me. I'd say he's sixteen uh, years older than you. Sixteen years older than me. So, like he, although he and I have, I, I'll speak for myself. My brain isn't wired up to handle it. Really, I can control myself, and I don't. Uh, do stuff like that but it's sort of the, the environment I grew up in isn't conducive for uh, participating in that and it must be even worse for somebody like Anthony well I mean someone actually posted this on the uh, on the ONA forum uh, the other day they posted that both Opie and Anthony in like the last week or 10 days had tweeted about each about 2,000 times wow wow um, I don't have a Twitter. Uh, yeah. I purposely decided not to to get a Twitter because I 
thought that the idea of anonymity or anonymity, whatever, I'm going to butcher the word. Mm-hmm. Um, we get what you're saying. Well, being able to be anonymous was just going to like enable me to be a, a horrific troll. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to have some kind of self-control. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like my Facebook and Instagram is mundane shit. Whatever I'm cooking, pictures of my cats, like stupid stuff. Right. Like I right. guess more like a boomer. Yeah. On it, like I, I try to fit. I I I I got into a political argument earlier today, but I, I try really hard to stay away from that stuff. Right. Because of because of what I've seen with Anthony, um, yeah. And what I've seen, like with the subreddit, has basically like led me to like just not fuck around on social media because you know it's just not healthy yeah 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 like, it's might... not only an addiction it's also like rage yeah because it, it amplifies um social media amplifies so yeah. if you're an angry person you're only getting more angry part of if the you... part of the the facebook algorithm and they've openly stated this is part of their strategy for keeping you on longer is to uh to switch between showing you something that's going to make you feel good and feel bad so you're because con- there is some sort of perverse uh glee sometimes you'll get especially if you're that kind of person to get something that enrages you but then they kind of reel you back in with a cute cat picture or something and and it's it's deliberately it, it created for you to see more ads like this is no mistake yeah, and the, uh, I think the rage is the addictive part. Yeah, arguments with people and stuff. And like, like I can I, con- I, I when I'm doing well, I can control myself and and go uh, just, just accept that I don't agree with anybody, and I'm not going to change anybody's mind. So just you're not going to change anyone's mind, yeah. on, especially on social media. Yeah, yeah. So you might as well just post pictures of your cats. Yeah. Yes. And then whatever. That's why I like Instagram of- much better than Twitter. I've, I I mean, like, I don't have a Twitter. I like I've had people I've I've noticed like I I'm like I can technically have access to the History Homos Bad History Homos pod on Twitter and I sometimes will get a notification through my emails or something, and sometimes I'll see people being like, Oh, does Scott have a Twitter? Does Scott have a Twitter? I don't have a Twitter. I won't have a Twitter. And if you want to find me, you can see my cat and food pictures and and somewhat political memes on Instagram because it's such a more chill platform and it's more it's it's stuff it's to last. Like a tweet is so disposable. I think Kurt Metzger's he said that um, being mad over a tweet is like being mad over a fart. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's ever, like a fart. Really, yeah. Women are really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I found like I'm, I, I started going through like my Facebook memories every day mm-hmm. and the stupid shit that I just would post yeah. just to get like a, the dopamine hit. Yeah. And I, I feel like a fucking asshole for like wanting to like get a viral Facebook post and a bunch of people share it and all that stuff. And it's like, it, it's, it, it just, it's not worth, it's not worth it. No, it's and bad. I got rid of my Facebook. I still have a Facebook, but like I say, I post the most, mo- like I post pictures of my cats. And right. I'll be like, you know, if I see something cool, like today I saw another ad for the Evil Dead video game, that's the type of thing I would tag a friend in who I know will be like, this sure. is fucking incredible. Um, so, like, that's how I, I try to steer my, my Facebook. Um, but to go back, 
to the show. Right. Uh, so <laughs> needless to say, he sobered up in the morning off. and said, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> and, and, you know, they look the, they fight like it happened on like a Thursday or Friday. Yeah. And then he like got that. fired on a Sunday or Monday. Um, but at least the way I've seen it is, and, and now reading it, you know, at the time, it probably wasn't that bad in 2014 because he didn't like actually say the N word. Yeah. Um, but in 2021, in retrospect, it, it's very cringe inducing. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, uh, that is another sort of a, a, a kind of mitigating factor. As you say, it was only 2014. Twitter was a lot less established than it is now. And the perils of it were not as well known. The I Twitter guess. mob wasn't as vocal and as um, mobilized Powerful. and militant as yeah. they are in 2021. So I, I think that, you know, a tepid apology and then maybe some kind of like pandering right. probably could have got around it. But I think Sirius saw this as an opportunity to be like, well, I also just yeah. want to say this, and I agree with you completely. But I, I mentioned earlier the apology clock bit. That was an absolute death blow to any notion that Anthony could apologize. It would lose all credibility with but the they, fan base. You know what? They've, they've said that for years that their whole thing was like to do tepid apologies. I mean, they even cut out I misses up. Sorry, I did that. And oh, they'd yeah. occasionally play that, uh, uh, like, you know, as like a fuck you, like the apology thing. Like mm -hmm. they've always bragged on apologizing. So, I mean, if if that could save the show and save his job and he continues to make millions of dollars. And this actually just occurred to me. I, their contract, because of Opie's negotiating tactics, going back to that, if they had signed a long-term contract for five years, they might have yeah. been less inclined to fire Anthony. Yeah. yeah. Because he only had three months left in his contract. Right. Yeah, he could have been paid. So they would have had to pay him out if they were going to fire him for all had that time. They either had to pay him out if they were going to fire him or keep the show going. Yeah, yeah. And then at that point, you know, if they had signed a five-year deal. Another three years later, it would have all been forgotten about. It would have been forgotten about, and the opening Anthony show would still be on the air. This was my but, take at the time, and I think this is a pretty common take amongst the fan base, was that if he had just not tweeted or said, or even tweeted, I just got attacked in Times Square, um, uh, we'll talk about it in the show. Uh, next week, yeah. you know, and if he had just brought it to the show and said all of the most vile racist shit imaginable, said the N word on air, fuck it. I'll even go so far as to say he could, they would have skated because th at the time the show was fucking full 1488 practically. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy to think that you've got, I mean, like if it happens to Joe Sixpack or, or, or somebody who's trying to bring, heat to themselves and develop their career or even that you know you, you could see it making sense but when you've got like an enormous platform anyway for your job and you're struggling to find stuff to talk about for four hours a day or whatever it was then why the fuck burn that content on twitter bingo well i i think that it's the um, twitter addiction it's it's probably the twitter addiction um I think he was probably very angry and yeah. you know, when yeah, you're angry, that. there isn't any kind of, um, there's less impulse control. Uh, maybe if he had just gone to sleep, uh, things would have been a lot different. Yeah. Uh, but you know, 
I mean, it's easy to Monday morning quarterback it, isn't it? It's, I mean, you know, it's it's it sounds bad when you read all the tweets out, and it, it looked bad when you read them, I guess, at the time. But, but, but it wasn't I, the same. Time. No, I, I I think that they just looked for an opportunity to get rid of. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And I, because yeah. then then contract negotiations roll around, and if Opie if Opie's displeasure is actually true, they don't have to pay Anthony, and they could probably get Opie for less because. At the yeah. end of the day, um, and I think this is uh, the crux of the uh, the show and their futures, is the sum has clearly always been greater than the parts. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, that the three of them together uh, had magic. Right. And that anything since then hasn't lived up to it. it you know, uh, it's a lot like um, Audio Slate. I think they were a great band, but people were always saying, well, they're not Rage Against the Machine. Well, Jared, it's been nice having you on the show. Anyway, uh, (laughs) (laughs) go on. Sorry. No, but it's just, you know, it's never it. They've never been able to recapture any kind of. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And um, and yeah, just I mean, like they weren't looking and, and this 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 is this is the big the big betrayal, really. Uh, and I, I do agree with Anthony's post hoc assessment that Opie was very, very glad this was a, a godsend in his in his fucking pea brain that this was his out for him to become a more mainstream kind of kind of morning zoo kind of, uh, you know, radio October jo- <laughs> show. And well, th- this was going to be, and he was going to be still yet still somehow maintain the audience that they had built. I mean, they, I, I think for a really long time, they tried not to, to like, you know, um, rock that proverbial boat. Uh, because, you know, Jim was still doing the show with Opie. Uh, right. Anthony was not sure at the time once he got fired what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even when he started the Anthony Cumia show, um, there was they were trying to he was trying to feed off the goodwill. And, and, and a yeah. lot we we haven't even talked about the fact that a lot of the fan base had already turned against Opie. Yeah, this was a big point, a talking point at this point, is that I remember I was in the subreddit before he got fired, um, and every day there would be a daily listening thread, and every day it would be Opie sucks, Opie sucks, Opie sucks. There was a guy whose username, I want to say as early as two years before Anthony got fired, whose username was just Opie sucks. (laughs) (laughs) And and it's that that's not surprising. Um, but you know, uh, Opie, uh, honestly, I don't pull punches when I talk about Opie, uh, and I'll, I'll give the reasons why. And, and maybe it's just because it's, it's a little personal for me, uh, being an intern. I used to be a member of the church of Opie. Yeah. That was a thing on the, at NEW. Right. I was, a, I was a team Opie guy. Uh, when I was 14 or 15, my dad took me to see dice at the beacon and we got front row seats, oh. front row front row center seats and i sat next to frenchie and billy uh la machine uh wow and dice came out shook my hand and like at one point in the show he's like hey kid he looks exactly like at me and he goes you know you want to know why i, I think ass face is the worst thing to say to a man 
because you're saying he's got an ass for a face. Oh, <laughs> like it was, it's all classic dice. It's him humping yeah. the floor going hot soup, hot soup. And I'm just like, I'm, 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 I'm crying, laughing. And then Opie comes out at the end, shakes my hand. And then years later I would intern. Um, but like, I was always a big Opie fan. And for me, uh, Opie didn't help a lot. And I, we, we, t- we touched on this. Yeah. I mentioned this last time. He didn't really help a lot of the interns get fine work. Um, right. Which is something and, he easily could have done, by the way. Oh, absolutely. He, uh, like we said about Pat Duffy, he probably could have called Eric Logan uh, before the merger and been like, Elo, hire this kid. Uh, he could have helped a lot of the other interns like uh, Craig or Bon Jovi get jobs with the company. Uh, maybe not necessarily with Opie and Anthony because sure. they had such a large staff at the time. There's still 60s on 6 promos that need to be cut? There's 60s on 6. There's Raw Dog. There's there's comedy bits that need to be cut up. Like there's Cousin Brucey? Well, he's not there anymore. Well, I mean, he was at that time. But, like, there were so many things that, like, Opie and Anthony could have been, and Opie should know better, being that he was the quote-unquote radio guy. Yeah. He yeah. knew... How, how hard it is to get into the business, and especially at that time. Like, when I graduated college, all they all people were looking for were promotion positions. Yeah. There were very few, like, companies looking for call screeners or producers or any kind of, like, production people. It was all promotions, promotions, promotions. Uh, so if you wanted to get your foot in the door, you had to be a, a member of the street team making minimum wage. Yeah. Uh, and Opie did absolutely nothing to help any of the competent interns get jobs right and let me speculate that had opie you know helped he would have had an army of people when he got fired that he could have gone to and helped them get get gainful unemployment or gainful employment yeah whereas uh opie since this whole thing has unfolded uh there's as far as i know only two people that affiliated with the show that still talked to him, uh, Pat Duffy and Stuntbrain. And Stuntbrain right. really wasn't with them that long. Um, but, you know, those that's it. Out of the list of interns and producers, yeah. uh, two people, it, 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 I think it says a lot. Uh, you know, he's, he's tried to rewrite his history and saying, I went to bat for all these guys and they all stabbed me in the back. But... I mean, we talk, uh, you know, talking about contract negotiations. I mean, if you're the head of the show and yeah. you don't let your team in on what you're doing, and every time contract negotiations, it's a stressful. Out, will I have a job? Will I have will to go I find another job? job? And it, if he had been a, a, a decent leader and taken that role seriously, he should have just said, "Hey, look, this is what I'm doing. I'm trying to do it so for all of us, so we can all get more money." follow my lead right yeah i'm gonna resign i'm just hoping to hold out the last minute and i think that that probably would have uh relieved a lot of tension that people like danny and travis and eric and all the other troy and all the other production staff had um about whether or not that the co-host was going to resign right he could have easily like I, i i don't know but from what anthony has talked about like during greg shells um, it always sounded like 
he didn't let anyone in on what he was going to do. Yeah. Uh, which again goes back to an opiism. Uh, Opie likes to play this. Opie is a character, and he used to do this whole thing where he'd say, "This is oh yeah, Greg, he, the guy Greg who plays Opie, yeah, Opie on the Opie and Anthony show, yeah. and he'd be real, quote unquote, real for a minute." Uh, Opie's admitted that one of his heroes is Andy Kaufman, so I feel I like doubt he, he got anything Andy Kaufman ever did. Well, this is what <laughs> another opiism is him saying this, and that yeah, he's you a know, student of comedy. Of com- I almost said communist. A student of comedy. That was one of his his opiisms too, if I'm not mistaken. So, like for him, this might have been him doing a piss poor attempt at being Andy Kaufman, mm-hmm. but um, y- you don't fuck around with people's lives, like no. their livelihood. Yeah. Like these people need to know whether or not they're going to be having a job the next day or they should be getting their resume together. Right. Um, it, it's unprofessional for someone who's been working in an industry uh, to do that. And I just think it's, it's poor leadership qualities for someone who, uh, you know, you don't want to be the boss, but you are the elder. Uh, a lot of, you know, all these guys are much younger than you. Yeah. Your staff, uh, they're dependent on you. Financially, yeah. And... Like you guys, you're tied together, and you can't, you can't, just can't fucking do that. Yeah. Like you got to let them in, so maybe they could give you feedback, and, and help you, and help strategize. I mean, more heads come up with different perspectives. You know, you might be able to get something better. And like Anthony had always said, with Greg Shells is that you know, go for the five year deal because that's job security. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I mean, this whole Andy Kaufman comparison, I can't get it out of my head now because, like, if you think, if you analyze Opie's actions, it's 100% Andy Kaufman. Well, he's uh, live streaming from the beach, uh, <laughs> showing a this. bird. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, it, sort of. Spinning around in the streets and yell at Joe Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's either, he, I'm, he might even be. Greater than Andy Kaufman because if he's if he's, he's playing doing a retarded it, guy for fucking uh, fucking six to 50, 54 years yeah. or whatever. Because people eventually got you know people got got, got into Andy Kaufman, didn't they? They they realized that oh no, he's, it's an act, but they've never realized that with Opie. So perhaps he's like like the the ninja. Andy Kaufman. Bravo, I don't brother, I man. <laughs> if that if that's the case, then uh, and I sent this to Scott uh, earlier this week, um, and because I know Anthony and Dave talked about it on their show, uh, Opie basically put out some tweets saying yeah. that if he really wanted to, he could be bigger than Rogan. Yes, which is something we kind of touched on last episode because because you were the under the or you you've posited I should say that it had Opie and Anthony had left together and started a podcast network that they may be bigger than Joe Rogan and I am inclined to agree. Well, well, yes, but going back to what I just said, the sum were always greater than the parts. Right, absolutely. So Opie on his own is literally. Steer has steered himself into obscurity. Yeah, uh, no one knows or cares about Opie, uh, and you know, if, if God bless him, if he's happy doing what he's doing, but you know, 
having listened to the show for so long, I, I kind of feel like I have these guys, like I understand, I understand them. I, I get them. And I just think that professionally, like personally, I think Opie's great. Like he's got two kids, he's got all this money, he's got a beautiful wife. Like he's got like an incredible life where he could basically do whatever the fuck he wanted to right. do. Um, and, and to have that kind of financial security and to have like a stable family life, that's incredible. That, yeah, good that, for him. That is, that's great. That's ideal. That's what I think a lot of people want. Um, but professionally, I think he's in hell because um, when Opie did get fired uh, and we can talk about that. We'll now get to that. Want, yeah. Well, let's 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 rewind a little bit. Let's get back to. Okay. Uh, I remember listening the next Monday after the week that they had off for vacation, and it was um, and they they streamed directly to YouTube. And um, and it, by the way, for years they had been bitching about there being no vi- video element to the show. That was one of the things that uh, that uh, that they were always bitching about that they couldn't get cameras in there. So it was it was kind of a surprise for the fan base that that the first day that Anthony was gone, they would have video live in studio. And uh, I remember uh, Ron Bennington came in early, um, and he sat in with them for a while. And and this was um, uh, this was before Anthony had announced that he was going to do the Anthony Kumi show. But uh, and there was wild speculation in studio uh, as to what he would be doing, and I think this is also, by the way, the birth of the um, the short-lived Joe DeRosa feud, if you recall this, because uh, over the weekend Joe had been on Rogan, and he said the famous, "I don't know if I can hang out with Anthony anymore. What are my black friends gonna think?" Um, and I remember uh, Norton kind of went at uh, DeRosa on that episode well Uh, I mean if you think about like what Anthony's what what they did for DeRosa I mean they gave Bill Burr Burr a a huge platform which helped his career and then in return they did a Saturday Night Virus show uh, Misinformed and Joe DeRosa was a sidekick yeah, and that gave that gave you know that raised Joe DeRosa's IQ from an unknown comic to a fairly known comic because Bill Burr is his buddy went up, was his buddy and, and you know all these comics like help help them help their buddies out so um, like to just completely turn on someone who's helped your career tremendously uh, I don't know. Yeah. And that you were friends with personally. I mean, yeah. they were drinking buddies. Oh, they are like, now they again, thought. by the way, for what it's worth. Uh, that was semi, a pretty short-lived feud. But at any rate, so this was I mean, the— Well, Anthony, Anthony took that very personally because— I mean, he, uh, I think he should have. I think he should have. He should have. He should have. I wouldn't. I would have. If I helped someone out and I was friends with someone and we were like friends outside, and, and then, then you were, the they stuff, were worried about what their black friends were gonna think about hanging out with me. <laughs> Fuck you, and, buddy. <laughs> and you got to think that, like, for Anthony, this was pro- this was the lowest point in his career. Yeah. Like, you don't do that to your friends. Agreed. Um, like, you, you you text them and be like, "Hey, dude, are you okay? Can I help you with anything?" Yeah, I mean, that, that's that, what a friend does. It Fucking does Sean Hannity retexted Anthony after that. It, oh. it speaks to uh, <laughs> what it, it speaks that's to the great that, guy that. aspect of uh, Anthony that uh, he's friends with Joe DeRosa now, 
you know, that like. Oh yeah, he's a can, pushover. He's like me. He lets yeah. people back in real easy. Yeah. Well, if, if they were able to work out their issues, um, and now they could be friends. Oh yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad yeah. to see it. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, anyway, great. honestly, it's the best. The, the best shows are when Joe DeRose is on the Anthony Cumia show because it, it just. It just makes him do voices all the time. That's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He just goes, oh, come on, Anthony, do, do dice, <laughs> do gay dice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, so in the next week, um, Anthony kind of circled the wagons with one Keith Maresca, as we mentioned in the last episode, uh, a.k.a. Keith the Cop. Um, and their plan was to use the studios. And I don't know if we mentioned that he had been doing a um, – yeah, uh, this show uh, on what? What did it stream on? Was it on Livestream.com or something? I think it was available on iTunes. I know that because yeah, it was like a, definitely released on an RSS feed. Yes, but I mean, the, Life, it, from the Com- Life from the Compound was the number one show like in its category on iTunes. Right, wow. and and it was uh, Anthony getting shit faced and spraying Bobo in the face with bleach. Um and uh taking out his guns, getting drunk with the whatever girlfriend he was with at the time. Like it was just Anthony having fun and being Anthony. Right. And sometimes that was a fun t- thing to watch and sometimes it was very yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. Did you so, ever did you ever see the one where he confesses that I don't even know if I want to bring this up, but it is a matter of public record for in, in the words of uh, Norm Macdonald. But uh, <laughs> um, he did confess to his adult, his age cousin okay, that he that thought he she was that he wanted to fuck her when they were kids. And he's clearly very drunk and probably wouldn't have said it if he wasn't very <laughs> drunk. Um <laughs> And uh, a couple other embarrassing moments that are, you know, and and you, you just Google, uh, just Google. What's Anthony, embarrassing about that? <laughs> just <laughs> just search on YouTube Anthony Cumia cringe compilation. <laughs> Look, when you've been broadcasting for that long, and you, you know, like us, we've heard every aspect of his life. Yeah, you know, we we heard about Dreamweaver and yeah. Rich and Fort Richard and the spaghetti being flown against the wall. And, you know, how they used to talk about how hot Anthony's mom used to be. <laughs> and, like, all, all of those things that, like, you know, that sort of thing. I, I, I Yeah, know. I think it's a, a lot of these, uh, you know, I've watched a lot of documentaries about, about it. And to be honest, it's really, I mean, it's entertaining and all that and the, and the good documentaries. But... It, you can't judge somebody on like like if you go through like a whatever it is thirty year forty year broadcasting history of somebody uh, thirty year broadcasting career of somebody who's been trying to be funny the whole time and then pick out the things where he's made fun of himself, uh, you know, made himself the butt of the joke by saying something which is probably has a kernel of I'm truth. I'm thinking in of it, a story. Um, I'm thinking about a story with a green dress in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it, like, stuff like that. It, it's it, it can be true, but the you know, or have a kernel of truth in it. Uh, but you're you're t- you're telling it in a way to make yourself look bad for the bit, and it's like, you know, you, someone's made a, a long successful career of doing that, and then to clip it all up and say, oh look, he, he you know, he's a he's a this and he's a that. It's like, it's. I mean, I guess it's going to happen, and it, and, and it's it's fair game, but it, you can't really judge a guy on that. Yeah. On that kind of, yeah. Um. Anyway, but the, the 
long story short, uh, Live from the Compound was a show that he would do extracurricularly from the Opie and Anthony show. He had set up a And he a sound- did everything for that. Yeah. No, he ran the board. He, yeah. he would screen the ran the green screen, everything. He had he had his own little zoom, his own zoom button, uh, fucking for soundboards to say stop whining, and you can act like a man. <laughs> like he was a one man show, and, yeah. and anyone that's have you guys know you guys produce your own show. That that's not easy. When no, you it's a lot of work. The producer and the talent. Yeah. You know, so kudos for him for being able to do that, and then you know, turn it into the Anthony Cumia show. Yeah. Um, and he had a lot of goodwill with the with a lot of the fans. Um, I was a day I, one subscriber. I'm not ashamed to say. I, and, you know, I would I went back when I had access to it um, and listened to all those early shows. And a lot of it's him talking about Ferguson. Yeah. But then he would do he was tr- I think they were trying to recapture classic Opie and Anthony because at one point he had some random dude come in. And then Bailey J gave the guy like a Brazil wax. Or yep, something I like remember that. that. Yep. And like you could tell, like he had dice on, and they were hanging out at the pool. Like you could tell that he was trying to recapture the golden era yeah. of Opie and Anthony, the shock jocks, but having fun and drinking and, yep. and, and that that party atmosphere because it wasn't in the mornings anymore because Anthony knew that he wanted to drink all night. No, he wanted to drink in the afternoon. He wanted to sleep in and then get up and do a show in the afternoon. Yeah. Which, I mean, I think that, and while we talk about alternate history, um, if Anthony, if Opie and Anthony had went to the afternoons, um, I think that probably could have saved the show. Yeah. I do too. Uh, But yeah, so. Morning radio isn't easy. No, of course not. I mean, Howard's been bitching about it since the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, but he's also a billionaire. So yeah, I, I take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, but anyway, so yeah, I I did. I was an early subscriber to Open Anthony I, uh, or the Anthony Cumia show. I listened every day. I was also um, a serious subscriber, not by pay choice. I had recently bought a car, I believe, and I had had it through that. And then after that, I just did the um, one minute email trick. And would continually have a free subscription, which you can still do, by the way, no problem. And that's why they have 30 million subscribers. Yes, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I, I would, I remember I would uh, listen in the morning. I would listen to Opie and Jim try to do a show and fail. Um, <laughs> and then after, and, the, and then I would listen to Ron and Fez in the afternoon uh, at noon, uh, noon to three. And uh, and it became one to three actually for uh, at the end there, but uh, and then after that I would um, I would wait till I got home and I would catch I would rewind the stream an hour. Wait 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 wait. When they were one to three, they were on Raw Dog, right? Yes, that's after Opie kicked them off of the Opie and oh. Anthony's channel. Yes, and, and then does you know Opie's got to think that like you threw your friends that you help bring on to this yeah. like, thing because it was only going to make the content better um how does he like the the, the and, and we'll talk about self-awareness but maybe now would be the good time to talk yeah, about let's talk that. about it yeah. yeah like how do you not think that like no one that you've ever worked with doesn't want to talk to you anymore and that it's a good idea to kick your friends off the channel 
that you got that like something's been working for all these years. Uh, if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Right. Uh, that that's the insecurity, Opie. Um, because he knew good talent. He knew Ron and Fez were a great show. Um, and it always worked really well that Opie and Anthony would be this high energy thing, and then Ron and Fez would take you down and mail you out. Yeah. Um, and, and it worked incredibly well for years. Yeah. Years. And, you know, you had all the crossover stuff. Like, you had the radio wars with me and Eastside Dave. Like, how, how why would you fuck that up? Honestly, it, your, it's, it's insane. And, and, like, I, I get that, like, you know, Fez had kind of had a meltdown and all that stuff. But still, like, these guys were your friends. Yeah. Like, we call it Afro for a reason. Yeah. And it just, it, 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 Opie is just an idiot. He's like oblivious to, to how other people perceive him. It's called autism. You see, no, no, no. I'm tired of that excuse that Opie's <laughs> on the spectrum. He's Spurgy. He's an autist. No, he's just an asshole. Yeah. There's, uh, there's uh, autism's used. Way overused. Like anybody who applies themselves to anything is considered autistic now. Yeah, let me normal, let me retract like, it. Let me retract it. Idiot. He is narcissistic personality disorder. Yes. <laughs> he can do no wrong. Every th- time I, that something goes wrong, it's because something inflicted upon him. You call it narcissistic personality disorder. I call it acting like a woman. Oh, yeah, that's pretty much synonymous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, though, so uh, like I, it, it does be you did you brought up Ferguson though, and and it's worth mentioning that this was precisely when the world fucking blew up for the first time, and boy, I miss those blow ups because it was so tame in comparison. Um, but uh, and 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 predictably, uh, the uh, the Anthony Cumia show became what the end of the Opie and Anthony show was, which was. Blacks are violent. Uh, I remember there was a big sticking point that uh, they were actually he went. The show was on four to six. And later that night, the Ferguson riots happened. uh, Or no, was it Ferguson? No, it was Baltimore riots happened. uh, That Freddie Gray guy um, died. And Anthony went back live. Uh, for another show, for another three hours, I think, live. Mm-hmm. And uh, while the cop car, while there was a cop car being burned, Keith the cop made a monkey sound. And this actually caused problems for Anthony with, he had made some headway in getting black friends in the short time that his new show had happened. And several black guests had had vow- vowed to never go back because of this incident in which Fucking Keith, Keith, fucking Keith the cop. Jesus fucking. Can we talk about Keith the cop a little bit? Like, I'm sure he's a nice guy and everything, but what the fuck was he doing? Keith, Keith's a fan. Yeah. And he, yeah. uh, 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 he could have uh, hired uh, me and I would have done a better job, though. <laughs> I, I think I, I think his heart was always in the right place with with compound media. I mean, they didn't. Anthony didn't have to do any of those things. And um, true. I, I want to put this out here uh, because I will be. I, I know I have been critical of Anthony with certain things, and I will for I will be critical further. I don't hate Anthony Cumia. Um, I'm just disappointed with some of the decisions. Yeah, he's, he's made a human being. He's will, worthy of, he's of, of of criticisms. Yes, and 
you know, for all the times that Anthony's made me laugh, for all the times Jim's made me laugh, and, and to a certain extent, Opie, um, I'm always going to be grateful for that. Uh, but as someone who's admired wanting to emulate having, like, you know, humiliated myself for my heroes, uh, I, 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 I'm critical of some of the decisions uh, that he's made. Um, and, you know, in the times that I, I've been affiliated with Compound Media, uh, you know, I, I've tried to approach some of the ideas on how to fix some of the problems. Yeah. Because I've always, um, I, I give Anthony a tremendous amount of credit uh, for putting his money where his mouth is. Right. Because he didn't have to do the, any of that stuff. Uh, and he's, he put his money forward. He started in his own small business. And as someone who started their own small business, I, I know what that's like. Uh, most small businesses fail in the first year. Yeah. Um, I think 90%. Oh, yeah. And especially like in the restaurant industry. Yeah, that's 99%. Money, yeah. Oh, a- absolutely. Um, but I, I think that and for what they were able to do um, and how quickly they were able to get everything up and running, kudos to them. Uh, but I, 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 like I said last time, when I went, uh, Dave had signed with them and Dave wanted me to be his producer. So I went in a few times to see how the operation was going so I can get an idea of what I'm supposed to do. Um, and I, like I said last time, I thought that this is compound media should have been what Opie and Anthony did in 2012. Right. Uh, but, um, and it was impressive when they actually had with the studio, when they first got to the studio in Manhattan, uh, it was really, it was cool. Yeah. And I think they were trying to capture again, recapture the new energy yeah, the xm even even with the xm and yeah uh the bleachers but, and and none of that stuff's cheap like their studio is in midtown yeah uh yeah. to a block from madison square garden in the garment district so that the real estate alone is just astronomical i can't even imagine i, I imagine it might have gone down in the last year Maybe, but I mean, Compound Media has been there for what? Four years, five years they've been in? They did the show from Anthony's house for two to three years. At least four years, we'll say. Well, I, I know that Dave's been on the show for, since twenty, the end of uh, beginning of 2016. So it's been at least five years since they've had that studio. Um, so, yeah, and Compound's heading into their sixth year. So I, I feel like about a year in, they got the studio. Um, and, and none of that stuff's cheap and he put up his own money right. and, and you know, it's a taking a huge risk. Yeah. You got to hire people So we hired, he hired uh, Ben uh, Ratner yep. and then he hired Stinky. local Emmy winner, <laughs> local Emmy winner, Ben Ratner and founder of the proud boys. Yes. Co-founder of the proud boy. <laughs> Original um, proud boy. Yes. Um, and then he brought on other shows and he, you know, he brought on Gavin and yeah. Gavin exploded and the Legion of, brought the Legion of Skanks. And now, you know, Skank Fest is probably the, one of the largest comedy festivals. Yeah, we'll in the see country. if that happens again. Oh, it will. It will. I believe in Lewis. So, yeah, he's got a lot. He's um, got a lot to offer the world. So, um, I yeah. Think Lewis, Lewis and Anthony are my two favorite people in broadcasting. I, 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 you know, and I'm one of those people that I, I think that if Keith had hired Lewis, yeah, yeah, he, which Lewis has stated, 
when he was about uh, to leave. Yeah. Leave. Well, we'll get to that. But anyway, regardless. So the, the doggy. <laughs> that's a perfect example. Perfect place for us to say. So years, a couple years went by, of um, of uh, of Anthony on his own, um, and uh, certain He's building oh, network. Yeah, he built he built the network. We have to talk about a couple Keith blunders though. <laughs> or like uh, the Ron, the and, Ron Anthony and Anthony show. No. Artie and Anthony. I I, well, I, I well, wanted to spend some time talking about that too, but first we'll say, we'll say the Ron and Anthony show. So, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, so Ron and Fez, um, arguably the best radio show of that genre, um, yes. ended in I don't recall what year. Well, I want to say 2013. 20, sorry, 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 sorry. 2015. I want to say. Yes. Um, and uh, I remember crying listening to the last uh, episode. By the way, it was very, very sad. Um, of course, it was the it was the end of an era. Yeah, and um, and by the way, m- big ups and big love to uh, uh, Big Cat Fez Watley. Oh, absolutely! Probably one of the, the naturally funniest. Yeah, all around talents. Right, and uh, so that was over, and um, uh, evidently. Uh, Keith approached Ron with the idea because coinciding uh, the the way that Fez was leaving was that he was going to run his his contract up and then that would be he would not renew his contract that was the deal um, and uh, I, I had been under the impression that Fez had like a like a lesser contract he did because Ron, he didn't talk on Ron the show had, yes but he was technically the eighth uh, simul, yeah. simultaneously he was the showrunner um but from what I, Ron also had other shows that the, like he was doing on Nast. And is he was he still was he doing Ron Bennington interviews at that point? Uh, no, I think it was over at that point. But the point is, is that he he unmasked had a lot of potential. They were getting huge names at the time, um, and also uh, you know I mean he he decided to well regardless his his contract was up and that was a part of what. Uh, their contracts coinc- and ended at the same time, and and Fez's was about to be up. So Keith Maresca f- approached Ron and asked him if he would be interested in perhaps joining uh, Anthony as co-host and in, in return for a stake in the company, um, as well as obviously a paycheck. Um, and uh, I, I I don't think and. and- I, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, these are Keith's words. I don't know how much. I, I If I recall when uh, Ron next came on the Anthony Cumia show, he said, I basically use this as an excuse to get a few free dinners out of Keith the Cop because they went to dinner every time they discussed things. <laughs> I, I'm sure that that was part of it. And then maybe Ron used that as leverage because you know oh yeah that's uh, a great way to leverage uh, your contract over at Sirius XM is to say that listen this guy you fired is offering me a gig over at his fucking company what are you going to do to make it worth my while to stay here at Sirius XM even though yeah. you know who knows what his intentions were i mean evidently afterwards it was just a dinner thing but but the funniest thing was that this was gave everybody the biggest blue balls is that i was literally on the car ride or sorry i was on the fucking commuter mbta commuter rail ride home um uh, and listening to the final episode of ron fez tears and eyes and keith the cop tweets out this image of the I'm ron the and ron anthony me. show and um, everyone went apeshit. 
<laughs> the entire fan base went fucking apeshit because that would be an amazing show. I don't need to tell you uh, the, how great that show would be because just Ron, I mean, he'll he'll keep Anthony off of politics. He keeps Anthony just talking about bullshit. He's a natural. He's 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 he basically ran. But Fez was silent the last two years of Ron and Fez, so it was all Ronnie B. So he well, yeah, could easily have Dave. Yeah. And then also uh, he could easily fill the role that Opie could filled in the sense that he would bring different topics up and they could have a real great show. But as we found out the next day when Ron re-signed with SiriusXM, that was all for naught. And people were furious with Keith Cop predictably. Uh, well, you see, I don't think, uh, you know, going with the sub. Yeah, uh, I'm basing this off of the subreddit's reaction. Some of the sub, well, the subreddit basically has always said, you know, they've kind of put nefarious, uh, nefarious spin about Keith and his relationship right. uh, with Compound and Anthony. Um, I, I don't believe that no. Keith was nefarious. I always believe that in his heart of heart, Keith was looking out for Anthony's best interest. Or what he thought and was Anthony's best interest. Or what he thought was, was Anthony's best interest. Uh, because at the end of the day, Keith is a fan. Uh, and that's what's kept him with. Uh, it's always him Him being the one, hopefully, was always the one keeping hope alive that Opie and Anthony would get back together. Right. Yeah. Um, even if Opie had treated Keith like shit, uh, Keith, you know, was still believing in that show because right. it had given him so much. Yeah. And, you know, and just entertainment because he's a fan. So, um, but also, you know, I failed at my small business, so I, I've learned from mistakes. I've learned from mistakes that other people made, and I, I, I've learned that one of the like the big tenets of running a business is never overpromise and underdeliver. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that was something like I continuously bit my tongue about when I would go in because I would hear about some of the stuff that was promised, like there was supposed to be a second studio. Um, you never overpromise and under deliver. Yeah, there was all these apps that no, were supposed to. Yeah, and then over deliver and over deliver so that everyone's like, "Wow, I wasn't expecting that," and it, yeah. there's more incentive to join. Right. Um, and I've just have felt like, you know, if they would have made small changes here and there, uh, Compound Media would be a lot bigger than it could. Speaking is. specifically to the Ron and Anthony thing. Uh, Keith came out at the time that this happened and said directly, I put all of the development of the new app, of the new streaming service, of the new website, I put it all on hold to work on fucking Ronnie B, which was never going to happen realistically. I, I, I honestly don't think it was ever going to happen. And especially when you see F, I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, uh, but... I mean, Anthony, you, you go from working for a large corporation that provides you with very good pay. And then you go to work uh, for an ex-cop. Benefits, uh, health insurance, uh, stock options, access to people that you want to interview and want to have on your show. Um, and uh, all Anthony had on his show at that time was Joe Matarese. So... Um, <laughs> Hey, it's yeah. Joe Matteris. <laughs> I went there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd love to spend some time talking about Joe Matteris. <laughs> we can get there after I just make this one point. Sure, please, please. Um, 
Ron ends up doing a show with his daughter. Yeah. Um, and Bennington, I, I, I've read, I haven't really listened. I listened to I it when it first started, and I will say this with the utmost respect. It's not for me. It's not for me either. I, I think Ron, next to Anthony, is probably one of the naturalist, funniest per- people on the planet. And I think that Ron should have the kind of success that Joe Rogan has. Sure. Because Ron's insanely funny. He's insanely quick. Um, and he's an incredible interviewer. Like, everything you would want in that kind of show. Much better than Howard Stern, by the way. I don't know where. Oh, like, I, we talked about this last episode, but Howard Stern being known as the best interviewer is such a joke when, when Ron oh, Bennington oh. works for the same company. And Ron doesn't want to be as big as Rogan. Like, I feel like instead of someone like Joey Diaz being on once a quarter on Rogan, it should be Ron Betty. Yeah. yeah. Because Ron's so fucking interesting. He's lived this insane, incredible life. He owned a comedy studio. Or he owned a comedy club. store. Club. He owned a, he, uh, he was doing radio in Florida. Yeah. And, like, you could see the old, like, promos that Fez was doing with the downtown Judy yeah. Brown. Julie Brown. Uh, like all those crazy fucking stories. He probably got stories from the Ron and Fez fight nights, big ass nights of fight. Yeah. The, uh, doing shows with Ron Diaz, uh, Fez as the young Fez producer. Yeah. Uh, the monsters of the midday that they, I think they were affiliated with when they did radio down in Florida. Mm. Um, like all of this shit. And, And he's always got this interesting perspective. And he's one of the, like I said, he's one of the funniest people on the fucking planet. Yeah, he's great. Him and Anthony are I, probably um, like- I called into, I would, the night, the day before I went to detox, I called into uh, Ron and Fez and got on the air to tell them that, uh, that uh, listening to Ron talk about, uh, about, you know, having a cleaner lifestyle and it's kind of inspired me to maybe want to clean up my act and, uh, this was actually, I think, like right after. This is after the Ron and Fez show ended, and it was the very beginning of Bennington. But they're all very nice to me, <laughs> and, and, and uh, yeah, it helped. No, absolutely. I remember once on Ron and Fez, John Mayer was doing something for like Frank's place, saw Ron and Fez, and like went in and was like fanboying out, <laughs> like he was totally geeking yeah. out, and like it ended up like John Mayer this big music superstar was interviewing Ron and Fez, like asking them questions and all that shit because he, he was from Connecticut and he grew up listening to Ron and Fez like, like us. Yeah. So it's like, that's, that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. It's it's, it's, it's the biggest deal since Joe Rogan bringing up Pat Duffy. Yeah. Uh, And it's, it goes to show the impact that these shows have had. Um, and, I wasn't sure if I was going to tell that little tidbit, actually, but I decided to in the last minute. And, and, it, and it goes to show the influence that Ron Bennington had on your life. Yeah, yeah, the absolutely. That, you know, like him influencing you to get clean and then you giving him credit for that. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I feel like Ron, uh, Ron's doing a show with his daughter. It's not for everybody. Not for um, me. But he built up enough goodwill. Yeah. Uh, I will never. Yeah. Look, I won't say a fucking bad word about the guy, (laughs) (laughs) even if it isn't for me, because he, he's just built so much goodwill. And and that's that kind of, like we talked about last time, the difference between the the communities of Opie and Anthony and Ron. Yeah, totally. Uh, because it's a Hegelian dialect. 
dialectic. <laughs> no, a, a, abs- absolutely, because like there was so much crossover, uh, but that at the same time there were some people that only listened to Ron and Fez and were kind of turned off by Opie and Anthony. Yeah, um, and vice versa. Right. But you had a lot more Opie and Anthony fans that would stick around for Ron and Fez. Oh yeah. Um, and as we've we've talked about off air, the influence of the sub basically picking up the mantle of what the message boards used to be as this huge community. Right. And at its at its peak, the sub when I like when I actually joined up as Cream Pie Jones on that show, uh, on the subreddit it was twenty five thousand like members. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Active was maybe like. Five to six thousand. Yeah, for a defunct radio show in twenty eighteen, that's insane. And like they were still putting out. Like that's why I say that place was the funniest place on the internet. Yeah, because the content creators were putting out artwork. You had people like Snake putting out artwork. People yeah. like that guy already putting out artwork. Yep. You had porcelain and beige frequency the, putting the out the Opie and Anthony thread simulator videos. Uh, you had people buying fivers um, to uh, say things like, uh, uh, well, well, maybe we'll get into some. But anyway, let's 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 just jump into like we, we, we talked about it before. Legion of Skanks and Gavin McInnes started and this massively brought up the the profile of compound media, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. And then they brought on Pat Dixon. Yep. Uh, they brought on Dave. And that's where I came in yep. as Dave's producer. Um, they were they were growing slowly but surely, and, and it felt like you were a part of something. I I mean this totally totally unironically. And of course, there were people shitting. There was fucking Harry Hater on 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 fucking uh, on the subreddit, <laughs> of course, uh, saying, "Oh, whatever, fuck these guys. They're fucking washed up." Of course, you're gonna get that. But at the time, I remember it really felt like something was happening, and then the big J roast happened. Yes, and you know, I I think to us, uh, I blame Keith I, for this one hundred percent. Keith well, so, signed Anthony up to be on the Big J Okerson roast without his knowledge, and and um and encouraged him to write his own jokes for the Big J roast. I mean, Anthony's always been credited as being uh, one of the off the cuff funny, the off the cuff funny guy. Um, and even some of the prepared stuff, like when he would come out at, at the virus shows and do dice. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew dice, dice gay. gay yeah. Gay. Like that had to have been at some point prepared. Like he had to have an idea of what he was going to say. Um, but from what I've seen, uh, he didn't, his performance wasn't that great. Oh my god! Um, I watched it live. He, bombed. I, he fucking he bombed. bombed. I watched he it bombed. live, dude. Um, it's so funny. The way I remember this is so weird. So it happened, I believe, on a Friday or a Thursday night, and it was after he had done the, his sh- regular show, and it was the week before I was to go on vacation, and I watched it, and it is very, very difficult to watch. And by the way, there were some excellent performances that night, roast performances. Uh, some of the best comedians working weren't even as big at the time, and they were doing such a fucking lowly thing. Like Dan Soder was there, and he fucking killed. Uh, and Lewis, this was really almost Lewis's coming out party. He wasn't really well regarded as a comedy uh, comedian, really stand up at the time. He was really just kind of Big J's fucking coattail rider. But he was the master of ceremony 
testimonies for the show, and he fucking crushed. I remember right after Anthony bombed, he comes on yeah. and he goes, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, he you goes." Know the thing I remember about it yeah. is he says, uh, he, he, "He says, uh, God, I know you, you said you've never done stand up before, but I, I thought you knew how to use a fucking microphone." <laughs> <laughs> levels, levels, by the way. But anyway, yeah. I just want to bring up some of the jokes. I just remember them for remember them from memory because I, I, it's etched into my mind the night that I watch it. I remember it's in this room behind this wall I was sitting in on the edge of my bed going, come on, Anthony, you got this, buddy. And <laughs> one of the jokes was, um, was uh, wow, um, looks like uh, the 50s space, uh, the 60s space program in here. Pretty white. Oh, my favorite <laughs> one was, oh, if you're looking for a knife, uh, you can just pull the uh, uh, pull the one that Joe DeRosa stuck in my back. back. Yeah, he. Yeah, and um, also um, Joe DeRosa couldn't stand up straight if uh, unless uh, Bill Burr can keep his erection. <laughs> Actually, I, I thought that's not a bad joke. <laughs> I, I thought the 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 digs he took at Dan Soto were pretty funny, where he talked about like Dan basically replacing him. Yeah, I thought I thought, I thought those were fine. The I premises just, were great, but he did. He was so nervous. Um, and he's flubbed almost every joke and then but he would, honestly, he would lose confidence in it halfway through and bail and you, then you, just say a bunch of bullshit. You guys have to explain this to me because I, I don't understand why this is considered such a big deal. The, the well, guy goes on a roast and bombs. So oh, what? It, it I, isn't I, a big I, deal. It isn't a big deal. It, it's just, you know, people and a lot of people on social media and the subreddit kind of mocked him. Yeah, right. and I he did not want to fucking hear it. No, he didn't. And, and I remember a time where there was an Anthony that would have taken his turn in the barrel with the fans yes. giving him shit. Yeah, and that's class. That's classic NEW early XM, like Anthony getting a beating from the fans because they all got beatings from the fans. Yeah, Jim yeah. got beating. Like they used to rag on Jimmy because he would pick like pick up prostitutes in his 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 Saturn. Yeah. And they used to joke about the fact that he drove a fucking Saturn. Yeah. yeah. Like, or any of this shit about Opie. At, at a certain time, Opie actually had, like, a sense of humor about himself. And all those guys... Remember paralyzed had, Opie? Yes. That was great. They, they all had sense of humors about themselves, and the fans could get in on the joke. This was yeah. the first time that there was... And this is also, by the way, I want to mention, this is after... Let's let's quick take a pause here and say, this is after the Greg Shells moment, which is where yeah. Anthony unloaded on Opie after... Um, after uh, what what was the the impet? Oh, it was um it was uh fucking he's dying now. Larry King came on and said uh, to Opie on air that he thought that Anthony was copping out by not going to see Anthony on the show. Um, and, and we can go we can go back to Greg Shells and Greg Shells part two because those are are two very pivotal post Opie and Anthony yes. moments. Um, but uh, this is kind of. Uh, Anthony did not take the ribbing. Yeah, and I mentioned before that I was on vacation. I remember I it was later in the night when Anthony was drunk, and I uh, was taking a shit in the bathroom, and I figured I hadn't looked at my phone all weekend, um, and I go say, hmm, let's go see what's on the sub. Uh, this is the Saturday after uh, after the bombing, the fatal bombing. Um, and uh, I, I open it up, and I see all these threads about how Anthony's doxing people for uh, talking shit on him 
uh, about bombing, which and I go, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm, I'm guessing that most of the stuff that they were saying was General Anthony, like, boo, or Ant sucks, a Harry. Oh, he totally something. bombed. I remember there's a very funny uh, wanted poster, wanted the Long Island bomber. And it was a Photoshop. It was like a wanted poster, like Old West, and it had his face. And it said, um, hair of individually placed follicles, eyes, hissy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it was so funny and he should have laughed at that that's so fucking funny I remember that looking is, at that is something that classic Anthony would have laughed at yes because they used to take they used to make photoshop yeah of them, and they they would all laugh at themselves and the fans doing the photoshop yeah like yeah. that was a thing too and I think this was the first real time Anthony didn't take that kind of reaction from the fans. Yeah, it doesn't really well, but he he docks fans. That's unacceptable, in my opinion. And I, I I agree. I don't think that that was acceptable, yeah. especially since most people had the impression that Anthony had a sense of humor of laughing at himself. And and it was exacerbated by the fact that this was fucking um, an opportunity for the SS Cowwaffen to rear its fucking dead-eyed head. Uh, one brother, Joe, uh, led the charge on the doxing, actually going so far as to offer people money that was given to him by Anthony um, <laughs> to uh, to dox people. And it's like it's like this is unacceptable. Like this is not how someone comports himself on the Internet. I don't care about your fucking high minded boomer attitudes about anonymity. Doxing is something that like, as you said before, William, the fucking the, the, the problem with th these are real people with jobs that are yeah. going to get in trouble for being associated with your shit. And they just I mean, like, I think. Yeah, it's easy for for us to say, but um, I my like, real name. This is my real. Hang on. Yeah, yeah. This is whoever the fuck it is. This is my real yeah. name right here. Look it up. Yeah, well, I mean, mine mine isn't, and that's it's for that exact same reason. And uh, you know, uh, people like for the the talent who are on the receiving end of it, they're not really you know for a. A large percentage of the shit they're getting is just people being friendly. You know, like we talk shit to each other all the time. They feel yeah. like they're friends. Well, then, that, I think that was that was what this is basically what creates the rift. Yeah, the, and ends between all the, the fan goodwill. base. Yeah, but it, like really legit turns a lot of the vocal fan base against Anthony was because Anthony had the self awareness, uh, and then you go back to Greg Shells. And you hear the way Anthony talks about Opie, and a lot of the stuff that Opie that he says about Opie is advice he needed to hear so he need, desperately. He needed, he needed to hear it exactly. He needed to hear himself because you know, like I, well, I can't say this anymore. Anthony used to be able to take that kind of joke. Yeah, eyes yeah. pissy, eyes pissy. <laughs> But this is basic. That that is the the turning point where now the fans are starting to turn against Anthony. My stomach and, started hurting on that toilet that night, and it never stopped oh. hurting for Anthony. And, because <laughs> like even the Greg Shell incident probably re-energized. People um, loved him after that. It was huge. Oh, absolutely. And the because fact that he, he pit plucked a term, the walking on Greg Shells, was from the sub. Yes. 
and he made shirts of it and yeah. he was promoting the, the, the whole shirt and I was kind of hoping that he'd do like a Walking in Memphis uh, <laughs> parody song, Walking on Greg Shell. Uh, that would have like been that. great. I, I do I, think I, they did something with I'm Walking on Sunshine. I'm, I think I'm Walking on Greg Shell, something, yeah. something. Do you feel the whatever? Like it just that 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 always that immediately came to mind. Um, right. Or that he had the, the tor- Torbid Sloth. Oh, yeah, that uh, that was a Gavin quote, but yes, yeah, yeah, they made T-shirts tor- of that torpid yes. sloth, yeah, which is a great way to describe Opie. Opie by because the way. he would just sit there like this, yeah, so with his tits out, yes, where he got the nickname tits, yeah, um, which he does, so, he in, uh, in, uh, inarguably has, and and you know what, I'm not in great shape myself, so I shouldn't talk, but uh, the I still to this day am banned on Instagram from Opie's feed because. Um, there's a very well-known photo of um, of him and Bob Kelly and Voss and Jimmy all pissing in a row, um, and he posted it on Instagram well after the fact. Um, and I noticed that he had cut the cut the photo off at about here on him, and I said, "Nice, you photo sh- you you cropped your tits out of the photo. Blocked. <laughs> I've still blocked." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but that that's um, Opie, yeah. <laughs> that's Opie. That's our Opie. Um, but like I re-listened to that before we we had our part one of our of mm. our thing, and like Anthony was saying all the things I had thought about in regards to the show about the contract negotiations, about um, just Opie did not Opie saw an out for the show and thought far more highly of himself than he actually was with the company. Um, and even with Man of its love in the direction of the new show. Which, again, uh, is doesn't make any sense because Opie's always said management knows nothing about good radio. Um, Only to do they, a 180 once Anthony's out of the picture. Once Anthony's out of the picture and... You know, there was a, a a really long time when Opie and Jimmy were really close friends, and a lot of the times they like to rewrite this, rewrite this element of history that um, Opie and Jim were never that close because Opie says that to Jim, he's like, "We were never that close," and that's a bold faced lie. Like yeah. they used to hang out all the time because they like lived in the same building or they lived around the block from each other, so like there was very close proximity. They went to the gym like, together. Yeah, like they were, they were for like the early XM days, they were really fucking close. Well, Jimmy and, went to the gym. Yes, he did. Uh, mm. No, he used to be fat. I don't even know if you know that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I thought uh, this was in the fat Jimmy rule. Yeah, yeah, fat Jimmy was fun. Yeah, angry fat Jimmy. Yes, his his, his voice was better when he when he was fat. He had, he had I reckon really it fat. was. Yeah, had a, a little like, more bit... to it. Yeah, a little good jowl to it. A fat guy voice like Stavros. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, so yeah, that that is a pivotal point, and uh, yeah, and then so so that had that had given an, a swell of support for the fan from the fan base towards Anthony. For, the Greg for him only, to piss it, only for him to piss it away immediately with, with the bombing. Yeah. But fortunately for him. Uh, Esther Koo came into studio <laughs> yep. one day. William's um, favorite person, by the way. 
Yeah, she could turn me straight. She looks so much like a hot Asian twink. <laughs> and um, well, she said... I was on your your co-host, former co-host show the other day, and that basically launched a, a nuclear bomb in the studio. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a huge blowout between Anthony, or sorry, Opie and Jim. Right. And... And, and like, you said before I, we were never that close. Yeah, he said like, "Well, what, why don't why don't you tell me these things?" He's like, "Well, we were never that close." And I'm like, "That's a fucking lie, dude. What, 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 what? You know, you know how your audience has been. You know how the fans are. They don't forget anything. Yep. Opie's talked about that. Opie's even predicted the fact that the fans would eventually turn on. I, I mean, that's like an inevitability for any show. But yes, you're right. He, he like right. flat out said it was like, you know, one day the fans are going to turn against." And they kind of like laughed it off, but I mean, that's life imitating art, I guess. Um, and then, like, I remember watching it on on Anthony's network, and like they did the whole thing where they were playing the blowout in Goodfellas when like uh, after the robbery, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's, and Ray Liotta's like banging on the fucking shower wall. He's like, Jimmy, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, They did that. I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna be incredible. And I remember like listening to Anthony's perspective on it, and I'm just like, Anthony's dead on with yeah. a lot of the shit that he was saying. Like, you know, you, you, they always like to say that there's two sides to every story: uh, your side, the other person's side, and, and the uh, truth. In the middle. And what Anthony was saying sounded far more reasonable um, uh, to what was actual reality. Right now, management. And this is a bit of a criticism for Anthony. Manager was probably pissed off that of Anthony missing work for being drunk. Easy, um, no problem. I, I have no problem believing that. And that was probably true because they view it as they're paying this guy to show up. Yeah, and he's pissing off his responsibilities to go fucking party, um, and which is normal for an employer to react. Yeah. Um, but the fact that, you know, Opie just, he just, he's insufferable. Yeah. He also cried talking about this. <laughs> sniff. Sniff, sniff, sniff. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know. He, um, and also he bitched that uh, he'd never, that, that Anthony had never met his daughter, which I yes. think is, is insane. Um, he also. Hey, look, I, I, I in my professional I think life, it's insane that he would want Anthony around his daughter. Blow, <laughs> <laughs> uh, blow. Anyway, what were you saying? <laughs> Just a quick joke. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I, I Tony. I know that Opie, like, it, it seems like, you know, there was a lot of back and forth. Like, Anthony always resented the fact that uh, Opie treated Melinda like shit. Right. Um, Opie never resolved that issue. Anthony never brought it up. Uh, because Anthony, you know, he's conflict like averse. Conflict. He doesn't like conflict, um, and he was making a lot of money, and he didn't want to go back to knocking in. Totally so get up, his perspective. I've he, he, go ahead. Sorry, he, he put up with Opie's shit because I guess you know, working with a guy for that long, maybe he subconsciously, I'm just gonna assume, uh, subconsciously knew Opie the way Opie would react. Um, so you know, he swallowed his pride. Um, and put up with it. And, you know, Opie's apology about the way he treated Melinda seemed to come 
too little and too late. Big time. Uh, the, the damage had been done. So is Opie really that shocked when Anthony, you know, leaves his wedding early? But also, uh, again, and, and this is to defend Anthony, too. It was a fucking three-day wedding. What? The guy had a fucking three-day wedding. Well, he's a multi And where's Father Doris is the question that everybody's asking. And Do you remember that? Philly crew. In the Philly no. crew, yeah. Um, but, you know, if if a guy has not liked you and you don't hang out and talk professionally after the work, are you really surprised that he's just going to leave early? Yeah, um, and it was and after the ceremony. It's not like he walked out or didn't show up to the wedding. And then I know Opie's talked about, like, the gift issue. Um, they weren't friends. They were yeah. co-workers. Um, and also, Opie's fucking rich. It's not like a material gift is going to be mean anything to him. Like, and it, it's always seemed like the illness was on Opie to make things right. And, I agree. Um, Opie didn't make things right. And Anthony, and I, I actually agree with Anthony in the fact that he said, you know, we need to air this stuff on air. We owe it to the fans. Uh, because Totally agree. All of the, for all of the years that, that fans have supported them, I think the idea of doing it on that on a platform makes the most logical sense uh, because it'll be probably the most interesting thing ever uh, they've they've done. But it just I don't think that's ever ever going to happen again. But it did I happen though it. on the phone. Well, no, it, it did, and you know, to their credit. It was like mom and dad got back together again. Yeah. yeah. It was weirdly. They had weird. Chem I mean, I guess the, the chemistry was undeniable. The, the chemistry has always been undeniable. It's just ego just continuously gets in the way. And, and it, to a certain extent, it's both of them. Uh, because, you know, at, at a certain point, you know, Anthony just said, just said, hey, dude, nut the fuck up. Let's do this. Let's air it out. Um, and at least. He did it to a certain extent, but Opie doesn't want to do that because going back to self-awareness, Opie doesn't want to take any blame, uh, and even though he'll cry and sniff and go, I miss my friend type of thing. You've had years and years to make things right, and you never did. Right, yeah. Um, and that that's on Opie. Yeah. Uh, and um, you should take a leaf out of Joe DeRosa's book. Make things right apologize and, and then go on air and talk about the issues and then move on. I mean, you know, worth mentioning, they, 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 um, Joe DeRosa and Anthony made up on air. Yeah. And, 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 and then Opie gets fired. Um, for, <laughs> that's a bit of a jump, uh, because they did split. Let's not forget about how Jim and Jim left Opie. Um, well, and, because Opie basically took a month off. Yeah. And wasn't contract negotiations happened. He was having his contract negotiations. Um, and again, uh, I love Jimmy. Uh, I think next to Gilbert Gottfried, Jimmy is probably the only other person to make me laugh. Like where I've cried, where I've been howling, where my stomach's hurt. Uh, I love Jimmy. Uh, but like I said about Anthony, uh, not pleased with some of the life decisions he's made. Uh, and partnering with someone like Sam, look, I, I don't uh, fault Jim for doing what he's doing. Yeah, uh, it's a paid gig. They pay him very well. 
He gets whatever he wants. He has access to all the celebrities and porn stars and MMA people he wants. <laughs> he, gets to get, he gets his pictures with it with the yep. celebrities. You know, it benefits health insurance. It's Bob, all those great things. Do you remember that one, Bob? Do you mind if I get a photo? <laughs> he goes up to Robert De Niro and says, hey, "But never having met, by the way." Bob <laughs> well, how Derek, or, or how he's no longer a Yankees fan because Derek Jeter said he wouldn't get off. a photo with him even though he was taking photos with hot chicks <laughs> at, the, at the gala <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's like that uh... to do a, a show with the, someone who arguably is probably the most hated person in the opening of the universe yeah, I mean, I mean, um, I, I, I just, I, I'll withhold reason, my judgment for the sake of um, vitriol. <laughs> well, unneeded uh, vitriol. Well, um, I discovered this. Like, part of the reason I discovered the subreddit was my wife knew about it, and we were dating at the time, and she told me that they hated Sam. Uh, right. I didn't realize how much Sam was hated, uh, and going through the subreddit, it must have been a uh, breath of fresh air. Oh God! It was incredibly cathartic <laughs> because they all said and thought the same way I had thought, and the things that I had come to. The guy's like a cartoon character of hateableness. Yeah, I, I mean, have a, uh, I have a whole theory. I don't yeah. want to get into it uh, about evil, um, but. I, I, I we'll have you back on the show that. just to talk shit, and you can tell us your theory on evil another time. <laughs> I feel like Sam is genuinely an evil person, like well, uh, like can, in Dungeons and Dragons, like he's he's like lawful evil or something. <laughs> I, I I've had very little exposure to him, but every time I've uh, heard him or seen him on the show, he's made my skin crawl, and I <laughs> that's without knowing any of the backstory. I, I think, you know, like we discussed in the, and that w w and going on the subreddit led me to my participation in Porson's documentary about him, yeah, uh, which was another, you know, cathartic release of of um, of all the anger and, and uh, resentment that I've had towards this person who fucked me over, um, and uh, now one of my favorite people. Like Jim watched me get a blowjob from Bree Olsen, and like on my twenty-first birthday, uh, he was in the same room. Uh, like that's like a fond memory of mine. Yeah. Like especially one, probably one of the most fondest memories I have for my internship. Uh, Jim was my like I loved Jim. Like I I thought Jim was was a fearless person who said whatever the fuck he felt like and fuck the consequences. Yeah. And here's this person I've, I I I've admired and loved, and he's doing a show with someone. I hate. Yeah. Right. And this is the guy. This is the guy that watched me get sucked off by a girl named after cheese. Yes. Yeah. Who later fucked um, Charlie Sheen. Yes. So I. You did that in the right her. order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dodged a huge, huge bullet there. Um, but now, going back to what we discussed. Jim and Sam and then Sam, uh, you know, everyone has basically said, you know, he stabbed Caesar in the back and took Obi's job. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm not defending Sam because Sam's a sneaky little snake. 
but Opie fucked himself over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he shouldn't have done what he did as far as like leave the chair open. Yeah. Uh, he shouldn't have posted the video. The shark video. Well, not a shark video, but the video, the toilet video. Oh, oh right. he well, posted that. Yeah. He, uh, get out of town. Well, that's what, that's why Roland went. So to, to jump forward, yeah. uh, Sam and Jim. There's an, un, there's an unremarkable period in between here where Opie had on a, a chef who's now dead and a lesbian, uh, a meat truck delivery uh, driver that is now dead and Sherrod. Yeah. <laughs> And Opie was trying to do uh, everything that he used to make fun of on Jocktober, this kind of Z morning. Oh, fucking big like, nude. Like Z, uh, Z morning zoo meets Andy Kaufman because Opie yeah. thinks he's the next Andy Kaufman. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and that's when Opie and Anthony have their kind of mini reunion crossover. Right. And there's hope for a new. Uh, Maybe mom and dad are going to get back together. Yeah. Um, but Hope obviously him. that doesn't happen. Nope. Uh, Opie films Roland taking a shit, and Roland is their guest booker. Has uh, been affiliated with the show for at this point. Notably sensitive, by the way. Apparently. Uh, well, in, I guess in the same vein as Opie then. Um, so. I mean, he's not really. Uh, he's the guest booker. He's not really. He shouldn't really necessarily be open to the ridicule i mean it is opie and anthony so you got to take that with a grain of salt was, but no but roland was a character yeah like he, that roland, voice is fake uh no really i've it's heard not. him talk another way uh I, I i've heard him talk like like i've spoken to him when I'm, because when i interned he was there oh okay um, my my apologies i was under the impression amongst other many other people apparently that that is a fake voice but moving on regardless well, he, he, he really he really does talk like that. Oh, okay, fine. But uh, yeah, so he he videotaped Roland taking a shit, and uh, Roland, rightfully in my opinion, uh, or at least to someone like Opie, um, went I, I, to I, HR. Occasionally, uh, from what I understand, Roland had a sense of humor about it at first, uh, but made a request to Opie, and Opie completely ignored it. So Roland was like, "Fuck him." Um, yeah. And, and then Opie tries to spin this as it's in the long line of people that have backstabbed me. Which is insane. Uh, yes. I mean, talk about narcissism. Yeah. But you're saying that this video was posted on social media because that, like the the story that I got, like I say, I've not, uh, I, I've followed it all that closely, but my, my understanding was that he, the way I pictured it in my mind was that Roland had been taking a shit and he noticed Opie filming him over the top of the door or whatever, and had complained about that. Well, I think that I, I'm sure it didn't make Roland feel comfortable at all. No, um, no. But Roland was. I would hate it. that. And I'm Roland, Roland had a sense of humor because apparently they used to take bathroom selfies together all the time. Right. That was apparently a thing that they did because Opie has a fascination with, with the bathroom and shit. Yes, because he oh, is the mind okay. of a child. <laughs> Um, so <laughs> Opie gets Roland goes to HR and Opie is now they, the second member of Opie and Anthony to be fired from Sirius XM unceremoniously. So what's funny about this is it's around the time I miss is being forced out of cumulus broadcasting. Uh, 
uh, because right. Chimo found out F, that they by were... by the way. R.I.P. to a real one, Don Imus. Oh, fuck him. He's burning in hell. <laughs> if there's a hell, Don Imus is burning in it. <laughs> and his cunt wife is on her way there. I, I don't like Imus. I've, I've heard a lot of shit about the man. I'm sure, um, yeah. He's a despi- he was a despicable person, and that ranch was a huge scam. Uh, oh, the charity ranch? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, shit. this isn't the Don oh, Imus, but yeah, moving oh. on. Yeah. So, um, Sid Rosenberg, uh, who... He's now a- uh, the morning... Um, he's the morning he on ABC, a- right? Yeah, it's him and, and the uh, former uh, produ- executive producer, Bernard McGurk, to Bernie and Sid on WABC. Um they, you know, they had basically been doing Imus's show for him uh, in the final months leading up to them taking over. And Sid mentioned on Anthony's show that Opie went to Imus and asked for his position. Really? Yes. Wow. I did, this and, is news to me. This is the fucking DOS. Oh, absolutely. This is, uh, op- uh, and because, you know, and it, it, again, it, it's the the, the dichotomy of uh, Opie and Anthony, and the fact is, is that even all, after all the jocktobering, Anthony still has been able to be on radio, whereas no one wants to talk to Opie. That's true. And I think I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that Opie was the radio guy, and he was shitting on his fellow radio quote unquote radio people, yeah. um, and. You know, if I ran a cluster of radio stations and a guy that was shitting on all my existing properties came looking for a job, no matter how high fuck profile, him, yeah. fuck him. Absolutely. And, and he literally burned every bridge he had. Uh, he only had one bridge left, uh, and that was Tim Sabian. Uh, Tim gave him like a podcast. Uh, gave him this fucking Zoom recorder right here. I'm not going to lift it too high because I don't want to lose the fucking uh, lose the recording. But and Opie didn't know how to do any of that stuff because for the last 15 years, Opie's had everything done for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like any kind of production, he had a staff doing production. Yeah. He had someone screening calls. He had someone running. The, there was a separate Opie ran a board mm-hmm. but there was a separate board in the producer's booth that someone like Derek or E-Rock or, e, or Travis, Travis or Sam would, yeah. would run um, because we haven't even talked about Derek and Derek was another producer uh, he mainly did production stuff uh, like sweepers and all that mm-hmm. stuff the intro that was all Derek uh, Derek was hilarious uh, I remember when the two Corys came in, uh, <laughs> everyone got licensed to drive and the Lost Boys for them to sign. And Derek got uh, Nash Lampoon's Last Resort, <laughs> which is this obscure, like, Corey movie. Oh, really? Corey I've never yeah. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, well, that's how obscure it is. Yeah. It's like a really low-budget shit film. And Corey Feldman took one look at it and went, I'm not fucking signing this. I lost this shit. But that was like the kind of person that Derek was. Derek, there was this little thing at the XM studio of an IM conversation between him and E-Rock. And I still remember this. It still makes me chuckle to this very day. It was Derek IMing him saying saying to Eric, E-Rock, I want to love you. Then E-Rock says, okay. And then 
Derek replies back, bag. <laughs> and it's just so fucking silly and stupid and yeah. I, I, I think it's absolutely one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen in my life oh, that's great but Derek was also Bizarro Opie oh he <gasps> I didn't know he this did. is a fucking dossier you didn't, I think Anthony talked about this on one of the Greg shells I thought he years, speculated Opie it was somebody else Opie thought it was Anthony yeah which that is was, insane but Anthony, I think someone said it was Derek. I think Anthony was under the impression it was Ben Sparks. No, I thought it was. I thought that Anthony was under the impression that it was Derek. It's possible. Derek I, was, I'm getting my facts Derek mixed was here up. One day, Derek was here one day and gone the other. Yeah. And no one's heard from Derek ever since. Interesting. Sleeping with the fishes. I guess. Island sound. Well, you know, Opie did caddy for the mob. Yeah. <laughs> he ran numbers. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, seven iron. Yeah. So <laughs> little chippy now, D. <laughs> now Opie has this podcast, but he can't do anything for himself. And you see again the difference between him and Anthony, whereas it Anthony put up all his own money to, to get something going for himself. And Opie thought he was entitled to have to work. To not work, but have a job for someone to give yeah. him a job for someone to get right. like have. And Opie has also been known for being an incredibly cheap human being. Yeah. Uh, because any kind of pot, like he could have invested a thousand dollars, bought some podcasting equipment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I've spent considerably less on this setup and I'd like to think we do okay. As far as the, the, the quality and whatnot goes. Opie could have spent even a little more, hired a part-time producer yeah. to run things for him. Like, he could have had something similar. Could have had his own Asian. Ryan Katsu Rivera. Yes. His own uh, Asian Pat Dixon. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm talking about, yeah. <laughs> his right-hand man who gets things done for him, yeah. a pragmatist, his man Friday. He could have had that, but Opie felt he was entitled to a job. Uh, they gave him a producer, and you end up with Opie recording a show at Mike Bichetti's house. Yep. Yeah. Or, was the producer was in New Mexico or something. Something it? like oh, that. Yeah, crazy. And he would say, it's the Opie Radio Podcast. <laughs> like Joe Matteries. <laughs> like the Joe Matteries. <laughs> That's my favorite porcelain documentary. About oh, no, no, no. You know what? I got to stop us here. We're up against the fucking time wall again. We got to do a part three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I don't I care. It's fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I, I think this was even better than the first part. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that the way we, uh, I just, I thought we'd get to now and we, we were like at, uh, you know, we haven't even talked about. Really I know. We haven't talked about lot. December 2015 yet. <laughs> we haven't talked about that. We haven't talked about any of our lol cows. Yeah. Um, but I think that, that almost thematically works as a separate episode. So this is the end of the Opie and Anthony show and the direct aftermath. Um, that so I think this is a great place to stop and we'll ha again maybe it'll be the same amount of time before you come back again I think it's been two weeks or something but uh um, I, I don't want I don't want to like well, let's not put a time it. let's not put a time let's not put a time limit on it because that is another ripe topic that may end up being two parts anyway <laughs> <laughs>
So this is a separate, you want to start a separate uh, podcast now? They, 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 <laughs> like, like a no, mini the people series. love it, baby. The people love it. <laughs> oh, fuck. Anyway, so I have to stop us there. So Opie's fired. So let's, let's recap. Let's recap. Anthony's fired. Anthony um, has bombs, loses the respect of the fans. Opie and Jim break up. Well, I, I think that you have to look at it more like a roller coaster. Yeah. Because Anthony, post-show, uh, he has the fans. Right. Um, you know. He and slowly loses are, them, too, because because he starts doing Ferguson coverage. People start, the, start liking the it. Stuff. Um, and then he does Greg shells and it shoots right back up <laughs> like a rocket. And then he, he does, he does the big J Okerson roast <laughs> and the reaction event that comes down. And then there's Greg shell part you. And you know, he starts listening to the fans. He's trying out like, you know, different co-hosts. Like he, he has Joe DeVito in and they pitch the idea of him coming in every Monday. They have the Legion of skanks. They have Gavin, they have Dave, they have Pat, like, you know, things are on an uptick for him. Then we have Opie, who, you know, is just kind of mm-hmm. films rolling shit. Yep. Uh, and then it's kind of just here. Uh, then you have Jim uh, doing a show with a mutant. Um, yeah. So there we are. That, there we that, have it. That, that's where we are. Anyway. Uh, I guess that's a, where we're gonna have to leave it, and and I know this is a great cliffhanger because something very big is about to happen in the life of one Anthony Cumia. Um <laughs> But uh, we'll leave that for next time. So, Jared, what would you like to plug this time? Well, obviously the East Side Dave show yep. on Compound as Media always. Please do Tuesdays, let's go watch that Tuesdays and then uh, uh, at seven thirty, and then I think it's on YouTube on Fridays. Uh, then uh, you can check out my buddy uh, Matt Ryan and Catalyst Wrestling on um, what is it Gas Digital? Gas Digital and doing great things. The pro- doing the use the promo code um, Cat- Catalyst and get a free trial. Um, and then check out uh, Greg Shells on YouTube. You can still watch <laughs> it; it's still free. It's up on there. the Compound Media uh, uh, YouTube channel. Yes, and then you could also check out. Um, Beige Frequencies documentaries. Uh, the Patrice one's excellent. Yep. Uh, about how much of a fraud Vaughn is and how she's a, a leech. Yep. Uh, you could all you mean talk about Lady Die. So watch the Lady Die series. Oh my God, we didn't even. Well, we brought her up in the first episode briefly, but yeah, what a so roller coaster. It, speaking of roller coasters, if you want to see a, a very compelling and depressing story. Uh, that's mired in all sorts of hilarity. Um, down the bottleneck, the, I think it's called. Yes. Well, I think they might have taken the third part down, but the first two are up. Um, and then check out, uh, what is it, uh, onaforums.net? I don't know. I believe you're right, though. I think, that, I think that's what it is. Because the saga continues from the classic Opie Anthony sub. Naturally. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also, fuck Patrick Tomlinson. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 
For the audio version of our show, visit www.historyhomos.com or wherever you find podcasts. Uh, you can follow us across social media at History Homos Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Scott Lizard Abrams. Um, check out our YouTube channel if you're listening. Uh, go to uh, YouTube and search History Homos or follow the link in any of our social media bios. I Twitch stream, uh, twitch.tv slash History Homos. And you can email us with any questions, comments, or concerns and request for stickers at historyhomos at gmail.com. William, what would you like to impart upon the fine listening audience tonight? When you go to the lavatory, don't photograph anything that you didn't shit out yourself. Later, homos. Homos.